again for them boys from 607 podcast to talk all things pro wrestling that's right it's time for this week's edition of 607 tws live on twitch.tv slash 607 podcast of course if you're joining us on replay on twitch or in podcast form by searching anywhere you get great podcasts, the 607TWS, that's also highly acceptable. And of course, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. I am one of your hosts here on 607 Podcasts on Twitch, and I'm also the host of the Three Fat Nerds Podcast. My name is Rich, and joining me as he does each and every week, the other host here on 607 Podcasts on Twitch. But you better know him as the host of the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast, better known as the ODPH. I'm talking about Ken M. 607 Podcast fam, what is happening? What is going on? What is good? Let's talk some pro wrestling, damn it. Ah, shall we or should we just talk about the birds and the flowers? We could. It's in the nice. sky. It's, it's, it's a beautiful day. Here in the 607. It is. It's a rarity. Very beautiful day. Yes. But I'm, I'm here. It's our day of summer. Double, double, double duties as every Monday. Yeah. Well, show's over, folks. No, <laughs> <laughs> By the way, when JVD hears this, he'll be upset to know that I already did my TK voice, but it was for Patreon and it was through the Three Fenders podcast. <laughs> yes. Can't wait to hear that episode. Oh, uh, man. I got to see if I can do it again. Who knows? I just broke into it. Who knows? Anyways. I hope everybody out there and uh, who's watching on either Twitch Live or, of course, if you're watching on the replay or if you're listening in podcast form, I hope everybody is having a fucking awesome week. Um, by the way, uh, happy Father's Day to the fathers out there and also happy Juneteenth, too, as well. Yes. Uh, we're both going down on the same day. Great day. Uh, I know some people uh, re- reminded me of it this day because uh, uh, our good friend Ron had the day off because, you know, mm. it's a that federal holiday. So he got the day off. So. He was happy about that, too. So yeah. good stuff. So if, hopefully if you all had a good weekend and a good week, we are very happy about that. We had a good and tiring week, but we'll talk more about that later because that is actually part of the show. With that being said, though, we got a lot to talk about this week. Of course, this week's main event, we are going to be previewing and giving speculation and such to this upcoming weekend's Forbidden Door pay-per-view course aew and new japan pro wrestling presents the forbidden door Mm -hmm. we're gonna be talking about that in the mid card we're gonna hit the controversy trail yeah we got some wwe stuff to talk about including scandal including uh what's going on Mm -hmm. with SummerSlam. yep including sasha banks it's actually quite a quick three hit in our world yes it is we also got some uh interesting uh, aew news to talk about as well so that's going to be coming up in the mid-card. And, of course, up first in the opening contest, we will be breaking down and reviewing shows that went down this past week and that were awesome that hopefully you checked out because there were some match of the year fucking contenders that went down this week. Holy crap, yeah. 
So, of course, we'll be breaking down GCW's weekend with, of course, uh, You Wouldn't Understand, and I Never Liked You, and then, of course, Slammiversary 20 from Impact Wrestling, and we'll talk all about those in the opening contest. But before we do that, Ken M, and we get on the road, I need you to know the fine folks, let the fine folks know how to find yourself in the Ocho Dura Parlay Hour podcast. It's very simple, folks. Swing on over to odphpodcast.com. Join in the conversation on our social media accounts. They're all right there. Parlay points, new blocks, count anywhere is out right now. So you definitely want to go check out some of the other federations. We don't get a chance to talk to you on 607TWS. Uh, let's see the directory, the T Public store, anything and everything that is the ODPH can be found at odphpodcast.com. Of course, for all things three fat nerds, go to 8122productions.com. The links are all there. T Public links there. This Twitch links there. If you would like to support the show and everything we do here, our Patreon links there as well. Patreon.com slash 8122productions. For as little as $1 a month, you get a set of extra bonus content. Trust me, you're going to like it. We are doing some revamped stuff there as well. There's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of things that even Ken M doesn't know about quite yet. Ooh going on i got a little motivation there's some things coming down the aisle you see some changes to 8122productions.com and some other things not content wise not 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 as far as like creating wise mm-hmm. but we got some cool stuff coming down the pike so keep your eyes open for that of course we're on all social medias three fat nerds pod throwing at in front of it if you have to hashtag 3fm pod whenever talking about this show or if you're talking about this show it's hashtag 607tws we always want you to join that conversation Indeed. as well but with that being said all of that and more. One stop shop, 8122productions.com. And if you are listening in podcast form, it is in the liner notes to the show. Uh, if you are listening on uh, on uh, Twitch or watching on Twitch, I should say, uh, you just hear us say it enough. So you should be you should be right there. And the information is going to be on your screen during the breaks. Yeah. So with that being said, uh, we got a big week to talk about a lot of pro wrestling. So without further ado, I believe. <laughs> That's right, it's time to kick off this week's episode of 607TWS. And shall we kick it off by reviewing some shows that we previewed last week? We had a big week, three big shows, including one that we were in attendance for, and we're going to talk about that one first because it was the one that kicked off the weekend. Because we're going to go in chronological order as well, starting with the GCW shows, because they literally were Saturday and Sunday afternoon, respectively, and ending, of course, with Impact Wrestling's Slammiversary 20, celebrating 20 years of Impact Wrestling slash TNA Wrestling. Uh, so we're going to end like that in this first opening contest. Let's, before we talk about this event, let's look a little bit, because the first event we're going to be talking about went down on Saturday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You could have watched it live on Fight TV. Mm-hmm. Or you might have been in attendance like myself and Ken M at the Melrose Ballroom in Queens, New York City. Yes. For GCW's You Wouldn't Understand. Uh, before we dive in and I give you the results of the show and we talk about this show, let's talk about the trip. Let's talk about our experience at that, not talk, including the wrestling. Listen, I'm going to say it and I, I'm going to kick it over to you because... I've been to more GCW shows. Mm -hmm. This was only your second, if I remember correctly? Correct, yes. I have been to (laughs) 10-ish. I almost lost the count. I had to start deducting numbers of how many I've been to live. And this was the first time I was at the Melrose. I have been to Atlantic City in the Carousel Room. I was at the Hammerstein Ballroom. Uh, But this is the first time I was at the Melrose Ballroom in New York City. And I'm going to say this. Ain't nobody 
do a live event like Game Changer Wrestling. The energy is there. The crowd brings the heat. And GCW definitely brings the atmosphere and gives everybody something to cheer about. How did you feel about going to Queens, New York? In seeing Game Changer Wrestling. Great crowd, great energy. A different vibe than Atlantic City, but not a bad one. And that's something that the fans in attendance were definitely excited. It was a different feel being in the Melrose Room. And, you know, what a setup, too, I got to say. GCW really put out all the stops for this. This was a crowd that was, you know, really super amped up for a lot of action, and they got, a, they got their money's worth and then some. But what a vibe, though. I agree. I know, like I said, nobody throws a show like Game Changer Wrestling. You could say I'm biased, maybe, but I don't really think so. I, if you ever go get a chance to go see Game Changer Wrestling live, I would say absolutely take that opportunity. I know our good friends JVD and Evan the Great are mm. both going to see a GCW show. I do believe in St. Louis, correct, when they go to St. Louis? or is that... I, th I think they're actually going to the one in Nashville. I can't remember which one that they were going to. I'm one of those two. But anyways, I'm sure you guys will have a blast. Like, you all have to let us know how you felt about it because I'll tell you what. It's a hell of a party there. Uh, and it was no exception in the Melrose Ballroom. I'm going to give you... Uh, we're going to do things a little different here. We're, we're, we're trying to slim down trim the fat if you will mm -hmm. on our on our shows uh you know some of those are the vicious rants trust me every all the entertainment pieces are getting there so when we, we pre-review shows we're going to go through the card uh, i'm going to give all the winners uh give the the, the the numbers and then we're going to go back and talk about wh what we like from the show if we had any dislikes in the show and our grade for the show before moving on sure Sound good it works for me just letting everybody know what we're doing ahead of time of course if you have not watched these yet and you plan on watching them you might want to take a time out and, and come yeah. back although uh, i figured you guys have been fair enough warning i don't think you get spoilers in, in wrestling because the internet has the results instantly yeah all right let's go there so uh, first up like i said melrose ballroom new york city gcw you want to understand the opening contest was a seven-way scramble match and uh graveheart blake christian Defeated Alec Price, Cole Radrick, Jack Cartwheel, John Wayne Murdoch, Jordan Oliver, and Commander. Nine minutes and 36 seconds. Then finally, the second match on the card was a singles match. 72-year-old young action Mike Jackson defeated the bad boy, Joey Janela, in 13 minutes and 16 seconds. In a singles match next up, we had a scary moment as Ninja Mac defeated Jack Evans in eight minutes and one second. Not sure how that we'll talk about it afterwards, but a little scary moment in the night. After that, we had the birthday girl, Masha Slamovich, defeat Mr. Fun Size Marco Stunt, 12 minutes and 19 seconds. We then had a six-man tag team war as ASF Drago Kid and Gringo Loco defeated New York's own Queen Zone, mm -hmm. the SATs, Joel Jose, and Will Maximo. Uh, next up, we had the grudge match where somehow, someway, Charles Mason defeated the Spider Nate Webb four minutes and 37 seconds. We then had the battle of the New York legends because of representing Ben Stye, do or die. You had the notorious 187 mm -hmm. and independent wrestling hall of famer homicide defeat Queen's own Grim Reefer that got nine minutes and 18 seconds. Followed by a six-man tag team extravaganza as the team of Jimmy Lloyd and Los Mizisos, uh, Ciclope and Miedo Extremo, defeated the second gear crew team of One Call Manders, Mance Warner, and Matthew Justice. Then we got a brief intermission. 
come back from intermission and the GCW Tag Team Champions of the World, Bussy, Alley, Catch, and Effie had an open challenge to any New York team. And the main event, Jay Lyon and Midas Black answered that challenge, of course, and still Mm -hmm. your GCW World Tag Team Champions, Bussy, and that it was time for the main event of the evening for the Game Changer Wrestling World's Championship. Your champion, John Moxley, defeated Tony Deppin to retain the title 17 minutes and 15 seconds. And I know it's in reverse, but let's start right there because God damn it, we saw probably a match of the year, not probably, a definite match of the year candidate, five-star match. Between John Moxley and Tony Deppin. If you didn't know who Tony Deppin is, you should get familiar. This, I'm going to throw it out there. This was the one time in about two years in any company, not just GCW, I'm counting AEW, I'm counting New Japan, Mm -hmm. where I really thought John Moxley's number was finally called. This match was incredible. Tony Deppin brought the fight to John Moxley. Not that we didn't think he was going to, but being in that main event slot, being somebody that was getting overlooked a little bit, in my opinion, by some fans, he really went out there and stole the damn show and really pushed John Moxley to a level we haven't seen him pushed in recent memory. And this isn't an exaggeration. Tony brought the physicality to him which is something that when you see Tony wrestle, and he's always a great wrestler, but doing a brawl style and matching Moxley blow for blow was truly something special to see, especially the final sequences when there was a triangle choke applied. I was with Rich. I legit thought they were going to do end new. And if they did, I would have marked out like a madman, started screaming, we built this city on rock and roll. But my God, what a, a performance by Tony Deppin. Great match. Tony Deppin deserves all the credit in the world. John Moxley and him tore it down in Queens, New York. First off, in the beginning of the first match of the night, we had a great scramble match. This is coming off of one of the greatest scramble matches of all time. They knocked it out of the park in this match as well. Uh, we'll talk about Blake Christian winning in a minute because I'm going to come back to the end of the night. However, let's, uh, let's, let's throw it out there. The big story out of this match Commander making his GCW and I do believe American debut. I don't know if he's wrestled anywhere else in the States, but definitely GCW debut. Holy shit. He impressed the Queens, New York fans, including ourselves and all the fans at home. I did retweet a bunch of these things day two because obviously I was having too much of a great time in person to retweet it that night. But he literally ran down the one side ropes and then did a jump, then did a springboard and a flip. On to the entire rest of the match. Uh, Commander really was the MVP of the scramble match. Mm -hmm. But Blake Christian wins it, debuting the Graveheart character. Quoting Will Osprey when the Graveheart character came about, that if he wanted to ever succeed, he was going to have to kill off this, you know, all heart gimmick. All heart isn't going to get you the title. You need to be a little more ruthless. So Graveheart was born. Graveheart looked a little more ruthless in there. He ended the match with this step-up curb stomp. Yeah. Looked looks, vicious. Looked dope. 
But the most important part was at the end of the match. Now, we, the New York crowd, by accident, actually got to see what was on the screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, I accidentally, for the home crowd, uh, for the attendance crowd only before the show started, accidentally flashed what they put on the screen at the end of the night. But that's okay. Because after the main event, after Moxley wins, out comes Blake Christian. He gets in the ring. They go face-to-face. Blake points to the screen, and on the screen it is a, the announcement is made that in Nashville, Tennessee, July the 29th, the people versus GCW, Blake Christian will go one-on-one with John Moxley for the Game Changer Wrestling World Championship. Phenomenal performance by Commander. We got to say that first and foremost. If you want to make a debut, especially from the passionate GCW crowd, that is how you do it. Absolutely stole this match. But Blake Christian debuted the Graveheart gimmick. Now, I'm not a fan right now of the in or the walk-in with the the weird mask and the outfit just yet. But let it take nothing away from the performance he did. He definitely turned up the intensity, which I was legit surprised to see because we've seen him since he's left NXT really step his game up and to see him now take it to another level is downright scary and I'm already going to go on a bold prediction it's going to be end new in July and your main event for GCW homecoming in August is going to be one Blake Christian versus Johnny Gargano Ah, possibilities possibilities are endless of course we know uh, we found out that johnny gargano is actually going to be at absolution on july 23rd Mm -hmm. for aiw right now it's just listed as a meet and greet yeah that could change just throwing that one out there all right uh scary moment we mentioned earlier ninja mac versus jack evans uh the end of this match came came abruptly jack evans went for a 630 splash from the top rope uh no water in the pool and just, I, there was something, there was a weird noise. He landed it wrong, I'm assuming, and they went right to the finish. Uh, he did get up under his own power and did wave to the New York crowd. They gave him all the love in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he was pulled from the uh, the Impact show the next night. Correct. So we do not know. We wish quick recovery to Jack Absolutely. Evans. Freak accident. Like I said, I think he just landed a little wrong. At first, to us, it looked like he knocked the wind out of himself. Like, well, at first we were scared that it was worse. Yes. But then after he got up and waved to the crowd and, and you know gave everybody whatever, we were like, okay, must have just knocked the wind out of himself. Looks like it might be a little more serious than that, unfortunately. So thoughts and prayers with uh, Jack Evans at this time. Absolutely. Hopefully he Absolutely. gets back in the ring. Missed him on the Impact show because of it. But tremendous match with him and, and Ninja Mac going into that. Yeah, great match prior to. And like we said, we just sent our will wishes out to Jack right now. It definitely was a scary scene because you did hear that loud smack. So you, we weren't sure what happened, but it didn't look good. But at least he got up on his own power, waved to the crowd. So like we say, uh, speedy well wishes go out to him. This was a top to bottom, one of the best cards I've seen from GCW, and I've seen mm-hmm. them all. Uh, I love GCW. This is a great. This was definitely great. I can't, you know, wait to see more like it. Before we move on, what was your favorite match or moment from GCW's? Uh, you want to understand from Queens, New York. To be honest with you, I have three that stand out. I'll do a bullet point style: Homicide, Grim Reefer, and the tribute to Trent Acid at the end. That was sweet. Really stood out. I thought it was very well done. Masha Slamovich versus Marco Stunt was absolutely insane. 
And definitely, Masha is a name you want to be following right now if you're not already. She is putting in some absolutely incredible work as of late. And Action Mike Jackson was the MVP of the night for a guy who, in his entire career, being 72 years old. 50-year career. 50-year career, first time wrestling in New York City. That's right. And you just saw him live out the childhood dream. He definitely brought it to Joey Janela. And the old school walk around the ring was just truly phenomenal. And like it was one oh, of those. Oh, he walked around the ring, and then he walked around the barricade on the outside yeah. of the ring too, and did it. It was just one of those moments that you're sitting there going, like as a fan, you you see somebody achieve their childhood dream, and like they're living that moment, and just stood out so much. It was perfect. Loved the entire card, top to bottom. But that was the moment that stood out for me. I'll say this: Action Mike Jackson, the New York crowd loved him. I loved him. It was good stuff. A- Good on him, 72 years old, 50-year career. Finally got to wrestle in the Big Apple. The crowd gave him everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of say, I, I thought the scramble match was the second best one we've seen in, in, in recent memory. Uh, let's be honest, fuck, it's, it was phenomenal. Just, I think it just, uh, the COS scramble, scramble match was slightly better. Yes. Not by a lot, but slightly. It's 1A, 1B. Uh, also, I want to say the big shout-outs like you, Master Slamovich, and Marco Stunt killed it. Mm-hmm. They told a great story. They wrestled a great match. Loved it. Uh, the crowd, the crowd got uh, you know Masha's usually very stoic mm-hmm. uh, on purpose because she's a badass. But the crowd got her early with the uh, happy birthday chant. Yes, and uh, she loved it. It was nice to see that moment. She had a good time, and she loved the crowd giving her uh, you know the happy birthdays. And of course, match of the night: John Moxley and Tony Deppin. Holy oh, shit! Yeah. Uh, match of the year contender. Such a great night in New York City. Being there live was phenomenal. Once again, love going to GCW shows. My first time at the Melrose, ba- Melrose Ballroom. I'll tell you what, it's an easy enough trip to get there. Mm-hmm. I will be going back to the Melrose Ballroom when Game Changer Wrestling returns to New York City and the Melrose Ballroom. Because, I, I, once again, I feel like in January they'll be returning to the Hammerstein. It's kind of already been said without being said. Yes. Uh, with that being said, let's fast forward to the next night, shall we? Mm-hmm. Because Well, afternoon tech. Technically, because at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Sunday, of course, Fight TV is where you can get this as well. Game Changer Wrestling presented I Never Liked You from the Fat Music Hall in Providence, Rhode Island. Are you ready to go through the card? Let's talk about it. And the opening contest, the Graveheart, best in the AK, best in the world. Blake Christian defeated Jordan Oliver, the East Coast Ace, 11 minutes and 57 seconds. In your second match of the evening, Ali Catch got a win over the Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame and legendary females wrestler Lou Fisto, 9 minutes and 58 seconds. Your next uh, matchup was a battle of a high flyer and a technical uh, supreme artist, and it was wonderful as Kevin Blackwood defeated Jack Cartwheel, 13 minutes and 22 seconds. Uh, next up in a singles match, Cole Radrick, the king of wreck shit mountain, defeated Ninja Kamikaze Mac, 8 minutes and 36 seconds. Then we had a six-man tag team match as Drago Kid and Space Boys, is what they're known as now, ASF and Gringo Loco, hmm. defeated the team of Commander and Los Macisos. Ciclope and Medio, Medo Extremo, sorry, 9 minutes and 2 seconds. Next up, we have the bad boy, Joey Janela, finally get back in that winner's circle as he defeated JT Dunn, 15 minutes and 53 seconds. Then we had a tag team competition as the second gear crew team of the One Call Manders and the Southern Psychopath, Mance Warner, defeated Waves and Curls, Jalen Brandon and Trayvon Jordan, 12 minutes and 38 seconds. 
We had a five-way scramble match, which saw Tony Deppin redeem a win as he defeated Dustin Waller, Effie, Jimmy Lloyd, and Marcus Mathers. And last but certainly not least in the main event of the evening, in a dream match, your reigning Rev Pro Commonwealth Champion, your reigning IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion, the Billy Goat, the Commonwealth Kingpin, Will Osprey defeated all elite Nick Wayne. That match was 18 minutes and 59 seconds. Let's once again start from the main event, mm-hmm. which could have been match of the night and match of the weekend. You got to argue two match of the year contenders for GCW as the dream match between the 16-year-old. Yes, that's right. He did not turn 17 yet. I was wrong a couple weeks ago because I think I said he turned 17. He did not. He is still 16. Had one hell of a match against his hero, his icon, true story. Yes. Will Osprey. And I'm going to say this. Not only was this match phenomenal, but after the match, Will Osprey did something super amazing. And he even told the crowd, hey, I don't want to hear anything on the internet. Obviously, he knows people watch at home. I don't want to hear any of you on the internet. I don't want to hear any of you live giving me shit about, oh, I'm not the bad guy because I have something to say. And he started off by saying, hey, I got emotional in the beginning of this match because I looked across the ring and I'm looking at you. And you know what? You kind of even look like me. He's like, his, uh, no, we didn't even know this at the time, but uh, Nick Wayne's mother was in attendance. Yes. He looks up at his mom and she's, he's, he's like, are you sure that my dad didn't get with you back in the day? <laughs> it was an incredible moment. And it was really funny. And he was like, you know, but yeah, it made me emotional because, you know, I remember being in you know, my parents and my dad wouldn't let me train when I was your age. But I knew this is what I wanted to do and, and to get in here. And he was like, man, you, you brought it. You're, you're, you know, if you're this good now, geez, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, uh, in a few years, this is going to be crazy, uh, you know, because you're this good now. And he really put the kid over and he said, I know that I'm your hero. I, I shouldn't be. I'm going to let you know. Yeah. I'm not the best person. I've done a lot. He's like, I've made up for a lot of things and I'm continuing to make up for a lot of things, but I did a lot of dumb things when I was younger. I made a lot of, I did a lot, made a lot of stupid choices. And I thought it was really telling that he was like, don't make those mistakes. You know, I'm glad that I can be your hero, but just, I, my goal is even if it's just you and it was really emotional. He just said, even if it was just you, my goal is to make sure you turn out better than I did. Mm -hmm. He was like, not just in the ring, but in life. And he was like, that is, if it's, I just, that's one saving grace. So thank you for, for giving that to me. And of course, Nick Wayne got the microphone and thanked him. And of course said that there's nothing, no better independent promotion in the world than game changer wrestling. How did you feel about the main event? And of course, like I said, the main event, listen, the match itself, phenomenal. It was like a mirror match at certain points of the Mm -hmm. match. They reversed out of things. They were doing the similar moves. Back and forth, super good. I mean, hell, even when he finally gave him the hidden blade into uh, Stormbreaker, uh, Will Osprey, right before the hidden blade, gave him the little thumbs up and then, you know, said, all right, the match is going to end now. (laughs) We talk about the future of the business a lot, and we talk about how good the young talent coming through GCW is. Does AEW fully realize the diamond in the rough that they have with Nick Wayne? I hope so. Because, honestly, he is this good at 16 years old. 
when he becomes 18 and makes that eventual call-up to AEW, he is going to be light years ahead of a lot of people, and I think the AEW faithful are not ready for what this kid is going to be fully capable of if they give him the time. To hang with Will Osprey at this age and literally match him move for move, and especially the sequence with the Poison Rana. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Which is like the defining moment if you really want to tell about how good Nick is. It was just something to sit back and watch, and you're seeing, and I don't want to say passing of the torch because Will's still got a lot of years left in this business, but you're seeing just the coming-of-age moment of Nick Wayne and just that moment after the match where Will breaks character, and I thought this was truly a, a unique moment too because he was being very honest, and you can see the emotion wasn't anything fake. It wasn't anything manufactured. It was as raw as it gets, and just what he was telling Nick, and just the advice he's passing along, and just how appreciative Will was to the GCW crowd. You know, we always forget, like, this was his debut for GCW, and, like, and you know he's coming back. There's no question of that. But just that whole moment capped off a perfect weekend of wrestling for the promotion. So kudos to that. If you haven't seen that match, do yourself a favor. It's worth the 20 bucks for the bundle for Tony Depp and Moxley and this. But just do it and don't even think twice about it. I was going to say, it's, it's worth it just for those two matches, but you get a whole lot more uh, breaking it down on this card. I got to say, there's other matches on this card that would have been a match of the night in most independent wrestling companies. Oh, absolutely. Joey Janela versus JT Dunn was a, was a hell of a match. Uh, once again, that could have been the best match on, a, on numerous cards. Uh, Blake Christian and Jordan Oliver, another match that I had on there, could have been the match of the night in most other mm-hmm. promotions. Uh, you know, obviously the main event outshined them both. And I, you know, and those are my two, you know, if you're talking about my top three matches, those were my top three matches in that order. Uh, number one, obviously Osprey versus Wayne. Sure. My number two was Janela versus Dunn. And my number three was Blake versus Jordan Oliver. But... I want to also give my my other shout-out to myself before I turn it over to you for your top matches and such. And my other shout-out is going to go to Cole Radrick and Ninja Mac, man. Two guys who made a name for that. You know, they were in independent wrestling already. They've been all over the place. I mean, hell, uh, Ninja Mac's going over Pro Wrestling Noah and doing big things over in Japan. They're having him back. They, they loved him that much. And Cole Radrick, man, he's, he's having a hell of a moment. But... Since these guys came to Game Changer Wrestling a year, year and a half ago, mm. you know, I mean, Radrick was there a little bit before, but he was doing a lot more JCW stuff. Right. But since he's been a mainstay on this roster for about a year and a half or so, same with Ninja Mac coming originally out of the South or out of the Houston, Texas out of area, Texas. sorry. Yeah. Um, and they've been mainstays. This was another, they, they've evolved and, and they've become fan favorites over these months and, and done some great things. I felt like their match on Sunday was at that caliber of like, man, these are two guys who are now not only, hey, they've been on the shows, they are GCW mainstays and there's something to watch and they're young, talented guys. I fully agree with you about that. I mean, that's the one thing about GCW is it, it echoes a lot of the old ECW vibe that if you go in there, you bust your ass in the ring, the fans will appreciate that and they will show you that respect and they and you will win them over. And Cole and Ninja Mac are two guys that have been doing this for so long, and every time they go in there, they leave it all in the ring, and they win that crowd over. They get it. They understand how to connect with those fans, and you and you definitely see that reaction, especially this is their first time in Providence. 
Like, this is a whole new market, but yet the fans get the vibe. They understand what they're watching here. So, like, I I fully agree with you. Like, GCW is, is giving you those superstars of tomorrow right now, and you're seeing them evolve in front of your eyes. It's it's truly remarkable. Any, uh, what what was your matches? What do you, anything else you need to hit upon? You know, I, I got to give a shout-out. Like, we were talking about, uh, you know, this is their first time in Providence and uh, in the Beyond Wrestling uh, area. Waves and Curls came in to take on SGC. You know what you get with an SGC match. It's fun. A lot of stuff is getting broken. A lot of chair shots. And these guys just really meshed up and they were feeding off the crowd. The energy that they were getting there was uh, was a great moment. Mance after the show, too. Uh, you know, getting the shots of Henny. Oh, yeah. That was just he's like, cool he's like, what'd you say? Yeah. Henny. All right, well, get, get us four shots. Hurry up, because Brett's going to fire me from this. Per- he's going to fire <laughs> me from this territory, damn it, if you don't hurry up. Yeah, like it was just a fun moment, but that's just the one thing about GCW is, yeah, even though the in-ring work is phenomenal, they still make those moments connect that everybody in the crowd can definitely get a smile on their face from, too. So that was great, too. And Joey Janelle and JT Dunn, that was my second favorite match of, the, of this night. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously the main events this weekend are my matches of the weekend. Mm-hmm. But this was probably the best I've seen JT Dunn look. Oh, absolutely. You know, JT Dunn looked amazing. He did great on Twitter. He will be back to GCW. It was great to be there. This was his first time in Game Changer Wrestling. He says it won't be his last time. He will be back. Yeah. Uh, and I believe he should come back. Crowd loved him. And it was a great crowd, man. Packed house, both at the Fet Music crowds. in Providence and, of course, at the Melrose Ballroom. Uh, doing good things. GCW returns to uh, to the road and to Fight.TV on June the 30th. So we will be previewing the June the 30th. I think there are also uh, July 3rd and July 4th uh, shows coming up next week on the show. Yeah, the Indiana shows. Yeah, well, one of them is St. Louis, one of them is Indiana, yes, right. and one of them is in Pennsylvania because it's Backyard Wrestling on the 4th of July. It is a tradition in Game Changer Wrestling. Yep. We'll talk all about that next week, though, because we have to move on. Because there was one more show this weekend to review. And, of course, that went down on Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, live on Fight.TV, unless you were there at the uh, Tennessee State Fairgrounds in Nashville, Tennessee, for Impact Wrestling's anniversary 20. That was because it was the 20th anniversary of Impact Wrestling slash TNA Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And, boy, did they show up and show out. Uh, like we did before, we're just gonna go, I'm just gonna go through the matches, and then we're gonna talk about some of the moments of the night and what we liked and didn't like about the night as a whole. So uh, on the pre-show, you had the uh, Impact Digital Media Media Championship defended as Rich Swan defended the title against Brian Myers, and then we had one of those weird reverse battle royals, regular battle royal pinfall. I, I don't know how the fuck to explain it. At the end of the day, Shark yeah. Boy won this thing. Okay. I ain't going to go through anything else because it's, con- it's convoluted as fuck. Let's talk about the main card, shall we? Yes, We indeed. opened up the main card with an Impact X Division title, Ultimate X Match, your champion, Bullet Club's inevitable, Ace Austin, defending against Alex Zane, Andrew Everett filling in for Jack Evans, Kenny King, Trey Miguel, and Speedball Mike Bailey. At the end of the day... And new Impact Wrestling X Division champion, Speedball Mike Bailey. Next up, we have the Impact Knockouts tag team title match. The champions, the influence, Madison Rain and Tennille Dashwood, were challenged by Rosemary and La Wira Loca. Taya Valkyrie, fresh off of her defense of the Reina de Reina's title mm-hmm. and off of her calling out Thunder Rosa. Yes. 
And guess what? You can also add a new thing because and new uh, Impact Wrestling Knockouts Tag Team Champions Rosemary and Taya Valkyrie. Uh, next up, we had the Monsters Ball match, and I'm sure we're going to talk about that later. Yeah. Uh, as uh, the draw, Sammy Callahan made his return, and he defeated Moose. Next up, we had the World Impact World Tag Team titles on the line. Your champions, them boys, the Briscoes, Mark and Jay, defending against the Good Brothers, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson at the end of the day. And new Impact World Tag Team champions, the Good Brothers. Uh, next up, we had a 10-man tag team match, and it was Team Impact versus Team uh, honor no uh, more. Honor no wow, more. I almost said that backwards. I was Sorry, say guys. Ring of Honor. Yeah. yeah, and Team Impact did win, but the team was made up of the Motor City Machine Guns, uh, Sean, Chris Saban, Frankie Kazarian, and Nick Aldis, and one mystery partner. As they beat the Honor No More team of Eddie Edwards, Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, PCO, Vincent, and of course Kenny King got involved, and Dixie Carter returned to tell us that the last member of Team Impact who did win was none other than the American Wolf. Davey Richard making my prediction last week. True. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, thank you. Thank you. Yes, go back and check the tape. Rich called that. Next up, we have the Impact Knockouts title on the line in a Queen of the Mountain match. Your champion, Tasha Steeles, defending against Chelsea Green, Jordan Grace, Deanna Parazzo, and Mia Yim. And we had a new Impact Knockouts champion, Jordan Grace. And last, but certainly not least, in the main event of the evening for the Impact World Championship, your champion, the walking weapon, Josh Alexander, defending against Eric Young. And at the end of the day, and still, Impact Wrestling World Champion, the walking weapon, Josh Alexander, being the only person to successfully walk into Slammiversary with a title Mm -hmm. and walk out of Slammiversary with that title. Unless you count Rich Swan, but that was on the pre-show. Yeah. So, with that being said, lots of title changes for Impact Wrestling. Now I'm going to take you through, because I know that we want to talk about certain things. Shall we? Yeah, let's do this. Let's let's just get the, the, this, this out of the way. The fucking Monsters Ball match. Now, the match itself was pretty decent. Yeah, it was fine. However, the buildup of the guys were locked in a dark room with no water or food for 24 hours? Yeah, that's what they said. And they kept hammering this home multiple times? Like, why? This is why... I'm going to say this. This is why people shit on Impact Wrestling. Because the match was fine. It was a weapons... It was an Extreme Rules or weapons match. Whatever you want to talk about. Callahan, Death Machine, Moose. There was thumbtacks. There was doors. There was barbed wire. There was bats. I mean, they, they, they had a good match. It was a good hardcore match, if you will. But... When you add in the dumb fucking story of, oh, yeah, we locked them in the dark with no water or food for 24 hours. Huh? You know, this is what really puzzles me about Impact. And, Rich, you hit it right on the head. You can do a match like Ultimate X, which is great. Love the, love the idea, love the concept. And then you do this kind of stuff where technically both wrestlers should be weakened because they don't have any food or water. In from isolation for 24 hours. Yet, nobody was selling that point of the storyline. It was just I'll like... I'll Moose credit. He did sell that the lights bothered his eyes. Yeah. But <laughs> other than that, it was like, what are we doing here? This is dumb. Well, and, well, we're at it. Shit gimmicks. The Queen of the Mountain match. 
The women in this match, fine. Yes, absolutely. But the fucking King of the Mountain slash Queen of the Mountain gimmick, this is the first time they did Queen of the Mountain, but that gimmick is shit. The reverse ladder match with a penalty box? It's one of the worst concepts in all of pro wrestling history. You can quote me on that. I can't stand the of the mountain match. It is just dumb, in my opinion. And it really took away because all the competitors in this match were great. And I would love to have seen just a regular ladder match like you were talking about off air. Mm-hmm. Or or something else. But anytime you, you do it, and, and no matter how you want to try explaining it, the visuals just don't match up because it's so confusing to realize, okay, who's going here? Who's doing what? Why are we going to a penalty box? Outside. Who's eligible to climb the ladder? Yeah, like it just it takes away from the match. When we, you know, we had a great ladder table bump with Chelsea Green and Deanna Parazzi. Yes, absolutely. And if you had that during an actual ladder match, it would made more sense and was more exciting. I'm sorry, I, I'm just not a fan of this. They should have just had a regular ladder match. The the women in this match did fine. They did good with what they had. Tasha Steele yeah, was like an agree. MVP, running all over the place, getting pinned, getting put in the penalty box. Really good stuff. And then you added in the Mickey James stuff, which was ridiculous. Mickey James kicks out Savannah, who had it up to that point had not gotten involved in the match. Yeah, she kicked her out as soon as she looked like she was going to get involved, but then turned around and got involved in the match herself. Yeah, like she calls Chelsea Green. The storytelling in, in in certain aspects of this match were really bad. I'm sorry. But it, it, but then it goes to the concept of the match. And like I say, if you just switch the, the gimmick up to do something else, this match would have been a lot better. Let's talk about my highlight and then ended up being my, like, done too much by the main event, let's tell you. Is I love the fact that they did a lot of nostalgia takes for the 20th anniversary. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of cool video packages of people there over the years. There's some Mojo and some video packages. Sting and some video packages. Kurt Angle and some video packages. They had some pre-taped uh, stuff with uh, Kurt Angle did a pre-taped stuff. Of course, most notably, the phenomenal one, AJ Styles did a taped one of course the internet kept humming on the fact of the one line which was thank you wwe for allowing me to do this because you knew this meant a lot to me which it's like guys he's got to thank the company that he works for for allowing him to do that yeah like i don't understand why oh well they had to put themselves over um they let chris jericho say they actually chris jericho didn't even think he talked about AEW, but steve austin thanked AEW for allowing chris jericho uh-huh. to be on the broken skull session it's just something to say it's just like i would equate it to this we're doing podcasts i'm sure most of you don't just listen to this podcast you probably listen to other podcasts it's normal when you have a guest or even on your on our podcast to let people know to plug and show your stuff yeah so you know you want to know our social medias and our websites and all that stuff so you know how to get a hold of us and if we have a guest on the show we're going to do give them that option as well that's just something you do it's a common business practice and the stupidity of it all was dumb mm-hmm. let's enjoy the moment that aj styles was allowed to do a video promo for impact yeah uh, i'm sure that uh, you know somebody's like well why couldn't you been there well he probably could have but he decided to do a video one if he was there, though, it would have taken away. And I don't know how everybody would have felt if he was put into that five-way match or ten-way or the ten-man match yeah, the, because there was an AEW-contracted guy, an NWA-contracted guy. Well, uh, I mean, Impact is the real forbidden door, let's be honest about oh, that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it would have been cool, Yeah, but I don't know how well that would have worked out. But I digress. Uh, so 
so that was awesome. I love those things. I love throughout the night. Dixie Carter, we talked about, made a mm. quick return, spoke a little bit, and now Davy Richards. Uh, you know, they did a really cool package to honor Mike Tanay yep. and Don West. And once again, uh, there is a GoFundMe out there. Look up the impact stuff. I don't have it. I think it's just search Don West on GoFundMe. Yep. Uh, he is fighting cancer, and mm. uh, every little bit helps. I thought it was a very touching moment, especially when they Agreed. kicked it back over to uh, uh, the two commentators on the show, Tom and Matt. I thought they did a good job of, of, of really putting it over. And I, I, I really, you know, hey, thoughts and prayers are with them Absolutely. as well. Earl Hebner was there, mm-hmm. uh, which was awesome because obviously we know Dave Hebner unfortunately passed away this past weekend. Had to be a hard time for the Hebner family. Hell, Dave Hebner, or Earl Hebner, he counted the count in that 10-man tag yep. match. So that was pretty cool to see as well. Uh, you know, so there was a lot of cool, like, nostalgia. That's what Slammiversary is, right? Mm-hmm. But in the main event, I think it caught up too much to the detriment if you were at home. The match itself was good. The fact that they weaseled in and a million different moves and yeah. shoehorned a million. So the commentary could go, oh, the ankle lock. Homage to Kurt Angle. Oh, he hit him with the stroke. Oh, he hit him with a guitar. Oh, he <laughs> <laughs> the black hole slam. That was Abyss's move. And they just kept telling you, which you already fucking know these things. Yeah, I mean. That was just, that was when it went, the nostalgia went too far in the main event to the detriment of the main event, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, when the announcers kept bringing up the history lessons of Impact slash TNA, that really took away from the match. It really did. Like, I understand that you want to try explaining it to somebody that might not know it, but at the same time, when it's forced like that, it, it, it causes a disconnect, in my opinion. Well, you know, at the end of the day, it was it was still a good night of wrestling. Good, You know, it was good. Could have been great. Could have been better. Uh, Cage match has got an 8.5 out of 10, by the way. <laughs> Just want to throw that out there. Wow. Uh, as voted by 49 votes so far, they gave the world title match 9 out of 10. Whew. The Impact the impact Faithful are showing up. And once again, that's everybody's opinions. Mm-hmm. I thought the show was still decent. It was an average show. I... I, I, there was just some things I would have liked to see better. I agree too. I mean, I you had the ultimate X match, which which was great. I mean, not perfect, but great. Um, and then some of the other matches, like we we talked about off air a little bit, the Briscoes versus Good Brothers, that kind of ended very quickly. And then to have America's Most Wanted come out and and just kind of really offset the story that they were teach they were telling there, that kind of took away a little bit. But I would say the Honor No More match was fun. And did what it was supposed to, which was just a great showcase of some of the faces that have been through Impact slash TNA. And that's what this whole card is supposed to be. So if you're a diehard Impact fan, this is a great showcase of just going down memory lane. And if you're new to Impact, they do put on great shows. And I think that a lot of people forget about that at times. But it's when you have matches like the Of the Mountain and the Monsters Ball pregame stuff, that really takes away from being a truly memorable card absolutely well it was a good it was a great weekend of wrestling action hopefully if you guys didn't catch those there's also some great shows on iwtv i know aiw ran a show this weekend i know that there was uh some uh, freelance and a few others so hopefully you guys got to watch some awesome wrestling with that being said we are going to take our first break if you're watching on stream you're gonna get the information for the odph podcast uh but if you're listening at home or watching on stream you're gonna hear the sultry sounds of our good friend second suitor this song is called get it make sure or you uh, check out Second Suitor, available on Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp, anywhere you get great music, especially. And when we come back from this break, we have a potpourri of different wrestling stories, including some scandal that we're going to talk about. So we'll be right back with 
the mid card of this week's edition of Oh, yeah, get it, Ken. Get it, yeah. It is now time for the mid-card of this week's edition of 607 TWS. And let's kick it off with some scandal, and I'm not going to stay on this too long. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest with everybody. I have no issue. I have really... There's, <laughs> there's really... There's not a lot to talk about. There's really not much here, but if you looked at the internet, oh, my God. Sky fell. Sky falling. And we had to see it for most of the weekend until other things happened. Uh, so with that being said, of course, everybody is talking about the WWE scandal involving Mr. McMahon. And let's just give the cleft notes. Okay, so the Wall Street Journal ran an article that uh, this is all the facts that we know. We're not going to go mm. into speculation and bullshit because that's not what, what everybody else seems to be having fun with that for some reason. But the Wall Street Journal ran a, uh, a, an article. They had an interview with, a, with an individual who was a friend of another individual, a young lady, mm-hmm. who was employed by World Wrestling Entertainment as some kind of legal uh, team member, paralegal or lawyer. I'm assuming paralegal because it was $100,000 a year was the initial. So I, that was a little Something cheap. Like that, That's yeah. a little cheap for a lawyer. Right. Uh, so I'm just assuming, sorry, worst week for pro wrestling ever until next week. <laughs> That's what Pat <laughs> said. Good call, Pat. Uh, so anyways, uh, come to find out, this, this, this young woman had a consensual... The Wall Street Journal says it itself. Mm-hmm. Consensual affair with the chairman of WWE, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. And then Vince bumped her pay to 200000 <laughs> and continued the affair for almost two years. In the meantime, there was a, a little bit of tag team championship tag-in with John Laronitis, allegedly. <laughs> uh, those, by the way, those memes, keep them coming. It's yeah. funny, the tag team champions. Uh, and, uh, actually, my favorite was the meme that was like uh, them with the tag belts and then uh, Laronitis and McMahon with the tag belts. And then above it, it said, uh, and who said that WWE doesn't like tag team wrestling? Oh, jeez. Hi-oh. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> so those ones were fun. Uh, and then that led to the end of the affair. Uh, assumptions by me was that he got caught mm. <laughs> uh, and uh, made the young lady sign a non-disclosure and gave her $1 million and $2 million to be paid out over the time. Well, I don't think she's going to give her the rest of that money because the NDA was violated, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and it, it hit the Wall Street Journal. So those are the facts. It was a consensual affair. So legally, no laws were broken. Right. Now, does that mean that Vince is in a scumbag? No. He cheated on his wife. 
you know, the sanctity of his marriage was violated. Mm-hmm. Very unethical. Right. Violated his own company policy. The only thing that comes near anything legal, which is only a financial thing, is that he used $3 million of the company's money to cover this up. Right. Which will then have to probably be given back to the company with a fine for stockholders. Yeah. But it's nothing that could send you to jail. It did violate the board, the, the the rule, the ethical matters of WWE. That's why the board is investigating it. Mm-hmm. Technically, the board could force him out, but the way that the paper works and the stocks are signed, he could also just fire the board. Yeah, it's a weird setup, but it's it's true. And then the only thing else that we know, this fact, is that Stephanie McMahon has returned to the company mm-hmm. as interim chairwoman, while Vince steps down voluntarily while the investigation is happening although he is still in charge of creative allegedly that's that wasn't really said in anything except for eh. yeah he said he still he says he was still part of the creative it didn't say he was in charge of it but that thus the allegedly that's the allegedly so which if he's part of it i'm assuming he's running it so we can assume that it's fair fair enough so that leads us to like everybody on the internet. Oh my God. I can't believe it. Oh, they finally got Vince. He's going to get canceled for this one. It's like, guys, Vince has done way worse. Yeah. I'm sorry. He's not. A, he's. Uh, we, we, we talk about some of the good things he's done for wrestlers and wrestling and the rehabs and all that stuff. There is a part of the man that's a, but he has always been kind of a sex freak scumbag. There's a lot worse allegations from the past. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to dig far. So if you really wanted to, have him canceled. Yeah. It could have been done already. This was a consensual affair that, yeah, there was some uh, quid pro pro for, a little bit of payment, but it was consensual between the adults. There's no uh, there's no allegations of sexual assault. So the people who are also clamoring for John Laronitis' head, other than the company policy against fraternization, mm-hmm. there, there was no violation either. No violations. And here's the problem. I'm sure we've all worked for companies. I'm sure all of us work. I have yet to work for a company where there wasn't people fucking. I said this to you the other day. Yeah, I, know. I know it sounds fun. I said it like that to be funny, but it's true. Most companies I've ever worked for have an anti-fraternization rule, which means you're not supposed to sleep with employees. Definitely management's not supposed to sleep with employees. Guess what? I don't think I've ever worked for a company in my life where that wasn't happening. Mm. <laughs> I don't know about you, Ken. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, we're not throwing shade. We're not going to give examples. I'm just saying that's a commonplace things that work. So mm-hmm. there's a whole lot of non-issue here. You got anything to add? No, I mean, this is the internet was running wild with it, but I mean, those are the, the, the actual statements The you know, Vince is, got caught about this whole affair and it, it went public and just how everybody was reacting to it. You know, every, people were thinking this is going to be his downfall, but it's like, really it's it's not i mean this is also the same guy that has been associated with some scandals over the years there's a lot of them yeah so this this wasn't anything new per se you know for him to be you know i'm not saying it makes it right no no i'm not justifying it yeah scumbag move of course he violated his own policy uh which is you know but that's america let's be honest i i made the joke i think on twitter where i said because uh, our good friend Coach Duffy was saying, oh, they're finally going to get him. I was like, huh, a rich white guy losing in America. It ain't happening. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Come Vin- on. Vince, is, Vince has been attached to so many controversies over the, the years that 
this is not going to be the straw that brings the house down. This is not even the egregious straw. Like I said, the only thing here on grounds is company policy, which is a policy that a lot of people violate. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, there's the money situation, which means he's going to have to pay back a money plus fine. Yeah. So, like, at the end of the day, yes, they could force him to step down. I'm going to go on the limb and say this. The best case scenario for all wrestling fans. Let's talk it as a fan. The best case scenario is that the interim gets removed from Stephanie McMahon's name. Mm-hmm. Vince just says, fuck it, I'm going to retire. And I'm just going to be here as a consultant. Yeah. And uh, we uh, hopefully can move Triple H into the creative role. I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, that's... The bigger violation here, by the way, I do want to point out before we change gears, is Kevin Dunn, who is now being <laughs> investigated for insider trading because he dumped some of his stocks before the shit hit. So that is at a real cry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a dumb move, by the way. That's a whole different ball of wax there, yeah. Uh, Padawan J says, the people thinking this will bring Vince down weren't paying attention when he told the federal government to fuck off. Exactly. If he did not lose in the steroid channel, I don't think he's going to lose here. Yeah. And this isn't even as serious. This is not a crime, per se. Mm. Uh, I will say this, though. If you think that his image and the image of WWE is uh, down, you obviously didn't tune into SmackDown on Friday because the chairman made his, as of now, last public appearance. Yes. Saying only... Then, now, forever, together. And welcome to SmackDown. Yeah. And then through the mic. And the crowd gave him a thunderous ovation when he came out. The crowd gave him a thunderous ovation when he left. Mm-hmm. The WWE Universe is kind of solidly behind Mr. McMahon. Whether you think that makes people scumbags or not, I'm just going to throw this out there. I am a married man. Kenneth, you are not, but mm-hmm. I am. I would never cheat on my wife. But if... As a married man, I or any other married man cheats on their wife. That is between husband and wife, as long as it's consensual. Yeah. The fact that Vince McMahon consensually had sex with this young lady from the reports. He said Vince showed up on Raw to without Cena coming back, which we already knew. <laughs> so <laughs> Vince is like, fuck it. I'm just going to keep showing up. Uh, maybe you should take a night off. But I'm just going to say the consensual part is the most important part. Right. It was consensual. Was she paid? Yes, she was paid. But if Vince wants to pay me $3 million, he can have my ass too. Mm-hmm. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing about it. And for Vince's reaction, I mean, this is the only thing that he was going to ever say on there. Do you think he was going to give a – who do, who is he going to answer to? I mean, like I say, he's always been somebody attached to controversy. So for him to come out on SmackDown and give that statement, that was his way of telling the WWE Universe, we'll, get, we'll be fine. I just want to throw out there – uh, for the other big rumor that I heard that was dumb, uh, no, WWE is not being bought by Tony Khan. Oh, Tony Khan can't afford WWE. Mm-hmm. Sorry. WWE is estimated to be worth between 10 and $15 billion, and they are making money. They're over a billion dollars. They're on track to make oh, another record year to over a billion dollars in profits. They made over a billion dollars in profits last year. So they're not going to sell the company for less money. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I say 10 to $15 billion, that means they're going to sell it closer to that $15 billion or better mark if they were ever going to sell. Right. Shad Khan is only worth $8 billion, and that is counting all of his assets. So unless he got a hefty bank loan or put together some kind of fucking thing and put all of his money on the line, mm. which would be stupid because to make it back, even if the company has, has stayed making money at over a billion dollars, means it would still take you probably 15 years or better to make it back yeah. at a billion dollars of profit a year. Uh, yeah. Not to mention the WWE is a 
publicly traded company, so then you don't get all of that profit anyways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'd have to de-incorporate it, which would take some fucking feats. Yeah, that's... And cost you even more money. And then on top of that, years... So it's not even... The reason why it's laughable is because it's not even worth it. First of all, the, he doesn't have enough money. Secondly, it's not even fucking worth it. Mm. You might as well just focus on what you have and build that up because it'll be a lot easier to make money that way than the other way. Yeah. Just throwing it out there. So once again, I know I'm bringing logic. I'm sorry, internet people. Be mad and wave your angry fists and Twitter where I don't pay attention to it anyways. I just happened to see those ones and they were laughable. So they got brought up. Let's talk about something else that uh, fake outrage. We're going to stay with WWE for a couple, and then we're going to switch over to AEW for a couple before ending this uh, foray. Because we're not diving into too many things, but fake outrage on the internet. Of course, the announcement that Brock Lesnar will be taking on Roman Reigns at the SummerSlam event. Uh, coming to you from the Tennessee Titans Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, I got zero problems with it. Everybody's out injured. I heard somebody pitch that they should have just moved Drew up. Why would you move Drew up when you're selling out Wembley? Yeah, you, you're not going to mess with that match. <laughs> Makes no sense to have him come up and then go to Wembley as well. Brock Lesnar, of course, is a beautiful in case of fucking... Uh, problems break glass. I think it's just a really bad time for WWE because usually they're plug and play guys. They're all busy right now. Yeah. AJ Styles is in that weird feud with Judgment Day and mm-hmm. Edge and however that's going to work out. So all those guys are tied up. Uh, Kevin Owens has been in this wonderful fun feud with uh, uh, Elias slash Ezekiel. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, uh, then you have Sami Zayn trying to be part of the bloodline. You could have done something with that, but at the same time, I feel like that's something that should continue on because mm-hmm. it's kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Bobby Lashley would be a good one, but then again, you'd have to build that up. You know, so at the same time, there's a lot of options to go in there, but when you're selling out a stadium, go to Old Reliable. And as much as people bitch about it, you'll still watch. Exactly. You saw the pop for Lesnar when he came back out, and yeah, we've seen this match countless times. It doesn't matter. Lesnar, you don't need a story. It's Lesnar. So due to the circumstance, who else were you going to put in there? You'd have to force a storyline with Bobby Lashley, and that would ruin the buildup for the match. So there's no, there was no chance they were going to do it. I mean, if they wanted to put Lashley in a program with, with Roman, I'm all for it. But you want to give it proper time and story to develop. Lesnar doesn't need that because he's Brock Lesnar. All right, now while I'm continuing on, things that are just, you know, eh, whatever don't make sense. we got one WWE and one uh, AEW. Uh, the WWE one, of course, is the big rumor of Sasha Banks being released. That so far has not happened officially. Mm. Uh, it was reported by Raj Year um, that uh, she was going to be released. Fightful championed it. I know uh, Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez are still leery. Yeah. Uh, you know, once again, I'm not saying that all of them are the end all be all, mm, but sure. I'm just going to throw it out there. Raj usually does do a good job of his reporting. He does have some questionable uh, misses. Things happen. I get it. Okay. I'm not even going to judge the man for it. I'm just pointing it out that that's not official yet. Everybody's treating it like this is official and that 90 day clock has started uh, because they're a publicly traded company until WWE puts out the good luck in your future endeavors and we've come to terms on it. It ain't official. Right. And they have to do that. They've always done it, by the way, but they have to do it because it's a publicly traded company. Until that happens, it has not happened. Do I think it's going to happen? Yes. It's going to happen, sure, but until we get that graphic that comes up, it's not happened. So for everybody to start losing their mind and immediately think, oh, she's going to show up in AEW, she's still with the company. So why is everybody hitting the panic button 
and saying, oh, yeah, what's a done deal? It's a done deal. Until we get that graphic that comes up and says WWE has released Sasha and good luck on her future endeavors like they do with everybody. We're not going to be jumping any speculation here. It's it's so, a it's a moot point. Right. It's a non-issue right now. I know we're not the sexy ones that are telling you, oh man, she's going to AEW. Uh, I, unlike Kenneth, I do believe she is going to go to AEW if she stays in wrestling. Mm-hmm. I, I think she's, she's either gonna go to she's either going to she's either going to go act full time, and if she's going to stay in wrestling, I think she'll sign that big lucrative deal over at AEW. And you know what? Good on them because believe it or not, they need that big star mm-hmm. in the women's division. So kudos if they can pull that one off but as of right now that's all speculation because she hasn't been released yet i understand everybody's saying it but just because everybody's saying it you'll know when wwe puts the fucking press statement out Mm -hmm. that has not come yet which means it hasn't been done yeah speaking of things that are also people jumping to conclusions and i have to dispel another internet rumor because that's what we like to do here and i have fun with it i know it's not sexy and i know some people get mad about it but once again it's the fucking truth Mm -hmm. uh this past week's episode of uh dynamite we don't talk about the ratings much, but because everybody else likes to talk about them, I only want to address this for one reason. This past week's episode of Dynamite did, uh, what, 716,000? Or was it 761,000? It was what? I think it was 716. I think it was 716. It's not irrelevant. It did in the 700s. Yeah. And the first thing up is, oh, my God, the NHL did so well that it took all the stuff away. Really? The NHL? The fourth most popular sport in America? Mm-hmm. Uh, I can tell you what the NHL did, and this is courtesy of Padawan J, so we want to give him a shout-out, even though he's in the chat. Uh, NHL, last week, when they did the 760 or 716, whatever thousand it was, 4.2 million viewers. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to the week before. The week before, AEW was in the 900,000 still. I think it was 916. Or no. Yes, it was 761 because it was 916. I'm pretty sure. Uh, so... Once again, the numbers don't matter that much. They were still in the 900,000s, not the 700,000s. And at the end of the day, that was up against an NBA game that did 11.5 million. Yeah. But you still almost hit a million, and we're in your 900,000 route where you had been, although falling down and creeped into 800 and back into 900. And on against 11.5 million. But you couldn't do that against 4.2 million? So literally a difference of 7.3 million? Yeah, it doesn't add up. Like, it's a bad excuse, guys. Mm. And once again, I don't give a fuck about the ratings. Neither does Ken M. We found out a lot more about the ratings, though, that we don't care about. Uh, They do actually add in certain streaming numbers. So if you watch it on the TBS app for Dynamite Mm. or the TNT app for Rampage, or if you watch it on YouTube, counting clicks of, like, parts of the show, that actually does get added in. Interesting. Interesting, huh? So, uh... There's a little bit of fun fact that we found out this week. So sharing that information with you. However, once again, I don't give a shit about the ratings. It's not live or die. Some people do. And I just want to point out, it's a bad excuse Mm -hmm. to say that the NHL is the reason it was in the 700,000s when when it was at 11.5 million watching the NBA, which is a more popular sport. They were still at the 900,000s. They're just lucky they didn't go up against that uh, game, the last game in the finals there that happened the day after because then, whew, Yep. They were at 700,000. They've been at 500,000 for their flagship show. An easy five. Uh, Padawan just says, AEW fans' logic on math doesn't even add up by Steiner methods. Well, we can uh, go to Steiner. You take your 30-30 and a third chance minus my 25% chance, and you got an eight and a third chance of winning. But then you take my 75% chance of winning if we used to go one-on-one and then add 66 and two-thirds percents. I got 141 and two-thirds chance of winning. Fair points. 
But I, I, once again, this is not to be an asshole. This is not to be shitty. I'm just saying, I don't want to hear the dumb fucking, like, literally. I just don't want to hear it anymore. Like nobody, no fan should care about the the ratings anymore. Mm. They're 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 almost fucking useless at this point because of streaming and how people watch television. Yeah, and DVRs and everything else. However, if you still want to go by that, you can't use dumb excuses like the NHL, which was almost you know almost completely double the amount watched a basketball game. It was almost three times, sorry, the amount. Watched a basketball game the week before, and you still had 900,000. You know what it really was? It was an overcorrection. People, obviously, the, the the Forbidden Door stuff didn't hit with a lot of people at home in the States. Mm-hmm. That or else they were really frustrated about whatever happened on fucking Rampage or uh, Dynamite or Rampage that they didn't like. Yeah. That's really all that is, guys. And once again, nothing against it. Could care less. But I, uh, there is something I really want to talk about that's important, but I'm going to save... You know what? Let's do that first. I think we'll end on the fun one. Okay. All right. I had a problem for Dynamite. Kind of. You know what my problem was? Oh, yeah. I don't care if you are a fan or not of Sunny Kiss at home mm-hmm. listening to me. I'm sure some of you are. I'm sure some of you are not. I am personally wonderful human being by the way saying that from experience of meeting absolutely however no matter how you want to cut it sunny kiss is signed to all elite wrestling is an employee of all elite wrestling is a contracted wrestler for all elite wrestling okay mm-hmm. sunny kiss has not been seen on aw television i understand dark and dark elevation that's not tv right tv is rampage and dynamite correct has not been seen and she's been sparingly seen on elevation in dark right very sporadically so it's last count and I think this is a couple weeks ago it was 572 days so we gotta be closing on 600 days of now television my problem is is this week on Dynamite there was an ad for lack of a better term I'm gonna call it an ad promo commercial. I don't know commercial where it features Sunny Kiss and it was for Pride Month. And how great AEW is for Pride Month. And my problem is this. As a person who is a product of the gay community, my mother is, is a lesbian, has been my whole life. Mm. I grew up and I've been around the gay community, so I take these causes. Because when I was growing up, and I, I'm not going to dive too much into it, I'm not going to get too political, but when I was growing up, I had to lie about my mom's sexuality because, oh boy... People did not like that. And that was only in the 1980s and 90s. Got a little better towards the late 90s and early 2000s. We've gotten a long way since now that is more acceptable. I'm not saying it's perfect, Mm -hmm. but it's more acceptable than it was. And there's a lot of people who have fought that line, and I can't even count myself amongst it. I am a product of that. I am an ally. I'm a staunch fighter of all all of it. Mm -hmm. I have some great friends. It, it, It doesn't matter. The end of the day is it means a lot to me. And every year in June, Pride Month, which deserves to have a fucking month. Absolutely. June is Pride Month. And every year in Pride Month, we have these large corporations put out their rainbow logos and say how proud they are and inclusive they are. And some of them are not at all. (laughs) We're not going to go through all of it, but there is a list if you want to go out there and look of people who have uh, given money to uh, anti-LGBTQ plus uh, uh, funds and such 
that are major corporations that got the rainbow logos. So, I mean, it's a thing. And AEW is doing the same thing. They're cashing in. They do every year. And yes, they employ some LGBTQ plus uh, wrestlers. Nyla Rose, Bowens, yep. Sunny Kiss, probably a few others. But Nyla Rose is at least featured on TV. Not all the time. Wish she was more. Right. She's phenomenal. She's she is she is perfection as a heel monster. Bowens is on is currently not featured. He's featured on TV. He's on TV every week in a wheelchair. He's entertaining as hell. The only reason he's on a ring knee surgery. Yeah. But you know what? He's still on television. I I, I applaud that. But Sunny Kiss isn't, and hasn't been featured. But yet, it's okay to run an ad for Pride Month. For Sunny Kiss. How about we just give Sunny Kiss a fucking match? Doesn't mean it has to be a victory. Could be a loss. But how about we just give Sunny Kiss a match? If you're going to use Pride Month and use that as a way of saying, hey, we're an inclusive company. Look at us. Shouldn't we at least feature the wrestler? And I'm sorry, I understand some people aren't as, uh, as up in arms about it. And there's other people who are up in arms about it. I'm sorry that people like, like Joey Janela are easy to attack when Joey Janela says something. By the way, if you want to know why Sonny Kiss is not done a GCW show, it's because Sonny Kiss was more, most certainly booked on one, but AEW would not allow Sonny Kiss to work the show. It was blocked which is their right as an employer. They have that right in their contract. Mm -hmm. But it was. That was not only confirmed by Joey Janela, but it was also confirmed by Brett Lauderdale. Because that was the first thing people, well, why why didn't he get booked for, why is it Sonny Kiss on GCW? If if, if that's the case. They tried. Yeah. For whatever reason, AEW said, nope, can't, can't let Sonny Kiss work GCW. Meanwhile, you know, the GCW world champion is John Moxley. <laughs> yeah. So it's not like they don't work with GCW, so I don't understand it. But I digress. So I don't want to hear that backfire. And, you know, because it's easy to go after Janelle because obviously because he lost his job, he's got sour grapes. Mm-hmm. No, sometimes some people, and there's other people that were attacked. I don't care. You can attack me if you want. It has nothing to do with the fact that I have grown up in the gay community. I am a staunch ally of the gay community the LGBTQ plus community, if you want, however you want to look at it. It doesn't matter. And it just gets real old when you just throw fucking rainbows on shit and say, hey, I'm an ally. And you're not really being an ally. I'm not saying Sonny Kiss needs to be champion. I'm not saying Sonny Kiss has to be featured on everything. And once again, it goes back to what I said when we first started. It doesn't matter if you think Sonny Kiss is a great wrestler or not. The fact of the matter is if you're going to parade Sonny Kiss out as saying, hey, we're inclusive. Look, we have... Gay talent, queer talent, you know, or parade Nyla Rose out and say, hey, we have trans talent. Parade out fucking Bowens and say we have gay talent. Parade out whoever else and put that rainbow flag up. I think at least give them a fucking match. Any of them, any anybody who you're going to use should have at least a match on television. Fully. Is that too hard to ask for? No, fully agree. The fact that there was only a commercial of Sonny and Sonny has not wrestled on Dynamite or Rampage in 600 days is an insult. Point blank. There's no excuse for it. None. So that whole commercial, I... 
you know, I'm right there with you. I'm just like, why are we doing a commercial when Sonny can't get featured on TV? And I put out a tweet. And I added AEW, and I added Tony Khan, and I know they don't give a shit. Although, allegedly, they listen to their fans, and they've taken some stuff off of Twitter. And I wasn't the only one that followed suit. Mm -hmm. And it's not like I'm boycotting AEW, so don't give me that shit. It's not like I'm downtown. Hell, our main event's going to be talking about Forbidden Door, and I love New Japan. My whole point of the matter is, please, if you're going to do it, be honest. Yeah. Be honest. That's all I want. I think that's fair. If you're going to say, hey, we're celebrating the gay community in Pride Month, let's have gay talent on TV. I'm not saying you even have to put them over. I'm just saying that if you're going to run an ad that says, hey, look at we're inclusive. You should be inclusive. Yeah. And if you want to go back, I mean, I mean, it's kind of shitty if you just don't have them on TV, any of them on TV after June, mm. but it's kind of shitty. But at least you did it, right? And then we can work on the rest of the year, right? Yeah. But put your money. It's like put your money where your mouth is. Exactly. There's two more dynamites. There's two more rampages in June. Can we get one of them? Can we get one match in four shows for Sunny Kiss? Since worthwhile to be in an ad to promote your company that you're inclusive and that you're an ally because, hey, we would like that LGBTQ plus money. Mm. but let's put the money where the mouth is. And that's what I'm going to say. Do you want to add something to it before I switch gears and do something a little more fun before we go to the break? No, I fully agree with you. The fa- like I say, we can keep reiterating it. The fact that Sonny was just featured in a commercial and let alone hasn't been in a AEW Dynamite or Rampage match for as long as 600 days plus now, that's that's unacceptable. So I'm right there with you on that. Oh, I got I love this. We're going to have some fun. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm even going to give it its music intro because I love it. So remember, not that long ago, AEW was in Los Angeles. They invaded, well, Inglewood to be technical technical at the Forum, but they invaded the West Coast. It was awesome. They had the Warner Media executives there. That was the night of the MJF pipe bomb. Yep. Had a big show. You know what? They delivered because, hell, at least if nothing else, people talked about the pipe bomb, right? Mm-hmm. However, in the most AEW of AEW things, and I mean this with all due respect, all due respect. It's a fancy way of saying I'm being an asshole. Uh, there's a report coming from, and I'm going to quote them. This is nice. And once again, I don't always take this with a grain of salt, but there's no reason not to believe this one, by the way, because it was coming from the Wrestling Observer. However, it notes that the Los Angeles Times, you know, one of the biggest newspapers in the oh, United Lord. States and possibly the world, right? Yeah. Wanted to do a story on AEW when they were at the forum. But the company never got back to them. Um, this is, I, I am reading this from an article because I want to give credit where credit is due. This article is from uh, Wrestling Headlines. Uh, it was written by Mark Middleton. Uh, 
it is noted here that this is an issue for a company like AEW because they are not in the position to not work with media at that level. Another key part of the story is that many significant decision makers within Warner Brothers Discovery are based in Los Angeles, and while the value of the local newspaper is small compared to the past, the LA Times is still one of the most prestigious papers in the United States. It was noted that if WBD would have seen a positive article on one of their properties in the LA Times for the non-wrestling fans in the company, which would be a large percentage, then it would make them feel as if AEW is a bigger and more positive part of their TV lineup, and having that happen this year would be more important than any other year in company history. There's no word yet on why AEW failed to get back with the LA Times. But that is being reported by Wrestling Headlines and Wrestling Observer. Mm-hmm. Once again, I usually take things with a grain of salt. You can take that with a grain of salt, but I think that that little too nail on the head. Yeah. Uh, I can only picture what happened. Tony Khan was sitting on his private plane the day of the show. Life is good. I See, it's hard for me to do this. JVDs, you're killing me with this one. He's sitting there. You know what we're going to do tonight? We're going to go to the farm and we're going to kill it. Aren't we, punk? We're going to show the world why we're all elite wrestling. They landed. He's talking to people real fast in Warner Brothers. Oh, how are you doing tonight? How's everything going? You're going to be a man. You're going to be impressed. You're going to love AEW. That's right. You're going to love us. All of what we have to offer, you're going to love us. Love me. Who's got the party favors? And then somebody comes up to him right before they go on air and go, hey, uh, somebody from the LA Times came and called us and said they were going to do an article on us, but nobody got back to him. What do you mean? What do you mean nobody got back to him? Who didn't get back to the LA Times? That's okay. Newspapers are dead. AEW is the future. We only deal with the internet. The only journalists we want to deal with are named Dave Meltzer. Brian Alvarez. Sean Ross Sapp. And that bum-fuzzled girl. And then I proceed that his plane hit a mountain of white powdery substance. Allegedly. Like, how the fuck do you drop the ball on that, man? I don't... The fact that that story came out is just wild to me. Like, how... Especially, you're going to L.A. for the first time. You want to get as much media coverage on you. And everybody knew how important that show was with Warner Brothers Discovery's execs being in the house. Like, how did that fall through the cracks? I, I do not understand that. See, this is the shit. And mind you, once again, I want to remind everybody, I know I have fun, and you know, for a friend of mine who listens to the show, shout out to JVD, mm. filling his demand shout outs. He wanted me to do a, an impersonation of Tony Khan. He seems to enjoy my Tony Khan impersonation. That I tell him it's hard for me to do. I got into it at one point. I think I, was, I sounded all right at one point. Yeah. There. Uh, but there's a, it, it's just something that comes up. You can ask Ken up. I can't do it on demand. It's no, not like it's, it's not like when I do the Vince or anything else. I just, I can't. So... <laughs> the, 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 so I like to have fun but at the end of the day I watch 
all elite wrestling. I don't watch WWE. Mm-hmm. We all know this. I don't watch. I'm I'm recording right now. We're live on Twitch. It's Monday night. Raw is on. I'm not watching Raw. I don't go home and watch it. Mm-hmm. I don't watch SmackDown. I don't watch NXT anymore. I used to, <laughs> but 2.0. <sighs> I understand. There's still some good stuff. I catch highlights. I yeah. do. To be honest with you guys, I catch. If I get told there's something I should watch by Padawan J or by Ken M or by somebody else, I'll check it out. If there's something making the rounds, I that's how I can. But every Wednesday night, as long as I, as long as the Rangers weren't playing in the playoffs, mm-hmm. I did miss the dynamite for that. Right. But as a Rangers fan, had to happen. True. New York Rangers, that is. Mm-hmm. We should have yeah, damn one. Anyways, ah, still hurts. So if it wasn't that for that. Or if it's not like a time where my family and I'm just not home. Because it mm-hmm. happened once in lacrosse season, too. For the most part, every... Fu- and if I don't see it, I try to catch the show. I either... You know, I usually try to watch it on the app on demand. Digress. I watch Dynamite every fucking week. Rampage, I don't catch as much because... Eh. <laughs> Nobody watches Rampage. Let's be fucking honest by me. But if there's anything good, I do watch the matches in, in hindsight. But Sure. Dynamite I watch every week. I've been a fan of all elite wrestling. The only difference between me and other people who are in the content creating world, and there's some others like me, uh, in the content creating world, is that I'm not going to blindly kiss AEW's ass. There's a lot of things that need to be worked on. Mm. And and criticism is great. And if they would listen to true criticism, that would be wonderful. They do listen to some. We've seen them make the corrections. However, there's other things. And it comes down to... If you just keep saying, oh, it's perfect, oh, it's great, and ignore the fucking uh, the mistakes and the bad part, that's why the fucking ratings are dipping. Mm. That's why uh, people think the sky is falling, okay? And then they're blaming all sorts of stupid shit. Let's be honest here. Let's have one thing clear. The WBD stuff is very important. Yes. Because if anybody is in control of all elite wrestling, it's WBD. And they don't care. They could have the greatest fucking ratings of all time. They could be number one in the demo. They could be number one in the solid number. They could get two million fucking... And if they want to cut them, they can cut them. Mm. So why, when you're in the second largest market in the United States behind New York, why... And I'm not just saying that because I'm a New Yorker. It's facts. Just look at the... Just look no, at it's the truth. Media. It's truth. Why? Why in God's green name? Wouldn't you have done every major fucking publication, whether it be newspaper, radio, TV? Why weren't you doing that weeks out? And especially when the New York Times came to you and said, hey, we want to do a big article on you coming to L.A. for the first time. Why are you like, no, that slipped through the cracks. That must have been passed off on somebody else. And I guess if Tony Khan was here right now, and I'm not going to do the voice because I'm going to be serious about this part of it, Tony Khan would instantly be like, well, you know, it's on me. But, you know, there was somebody else who who was supposed to handle it. Because that's what happens there. The buck gets passed. Yeah. Let's take a fucking peek behind the curtain. Their PR doesn't send out to their media outlets the packages that they need in time. Favorable ones they do. But other ones they slack on. There's been numerous times that this show has gotten their media packages from AEW an hour before Rampage to plug that night's Rampage. Lately, they've been on top of their job. Thanks, Tony Khan or whoever's in charge of PR over there. But why isn't that person trying to get you on every channel, no matter where you go? 
LA is a big market, but when you go, they just sent a press release today. I'm sure you saw it on the internet. They're going to Minnesota, the quake at the lake. It's going to be yeah, one quake of their on the quake on the lake. Is it on the lake or in the lake? Whatever. It's quake on the lake, whatever. It's going to be big. It's they're going to Minnesota. They're going to big venue. They're, they're, they're doing a special on dynamite. It's in August, August 10th. If I'm not mistaken, hit up that thing just to make sure I'm correct. Yeah. August 10th. Look at that. Quake by the lake. Quake by the lake. Okay. So I did that off the top of my head. They got. They said that out good today. But when it comes to August eighth, and August 9th, and August tenth, but today or even the week before, you should be in Minnesota on local TV. Send one of the wrestlers to talk on local TV. Hit up all those newspapers. And if it's L.A., why the fuck aren't you doing? That? By the way, the young bucks live down the road in El Rancho Cucamonga. Send them to the LA Times. Send them to whatever the LA, CBS, NBC, fucking Fox affiliate is. Send them to the radio shows. Send other people. Send Tony Khan. Tony Khan has time to stop and bust it open fucking radio and peddle his wares. Stop. Get your ass to LA. Stop tweeting about, oh, tonight is dynamite. Everybody tune into dynamite. Uh, we got a great car starting at 8 p.m. and Dynamite. Hope you all tune in. It's not too late now. He does them like a fucking indie promoter. And that's cool. I'm not shitting on it. But instead of that, let's hit up real media and make yourself look like a real fucking company. Dynamite is in Rochester, New York in a couple weeks. Do you know how many Dynamite commercials I've seen in our area? Take a guess. We're not that far from Rochester. We're three hours. How many times do you think I've seen a commercial for Dynamite? Zero. Zero. But when WWE runs the fucking uh, Rochester or Elmira or Buffalo, which are not, I still see ads down here a few of them a week. Mm -hmm. Because maybe somebody wants to drive three hours to see the show. Impressive, huh? It's just something that for them to really hit that mark and really grow, you got to take advantage of opportunities like that. And the internet's a big one. Yeah, sure. But, but but you've been running the IWC for how long now? And you're still around that same marginal number. Am I right or wrong? You're right. You're in the So it's like you got to try doing something to help grow that brand, especially when you're trying to impress people to get more time for Ring of Honor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's not even go there because God knows when that's going to happen because we can't even – we can't, <laughs> you can't even get this done. You didn't even answer the L.A. fucking times. Didn't, when you did New York, did you ignore the New York times? I don't know. I wish I knew, though. Holy I shit. Do, I don't think they did. And I wanna, I'm going to point this out. New I York think, think is not L.A. New York, if you book a wrestling show, they will come. Yeah. L.A., not so much. Hell, the Super Bowl champions are in L.A., and they had problems filling the stands. Mm. Think about that for a minute. The Super Bowl champions... And the biggest sport in the world. It's a different place, man. It's a different place. And once again, this is coming out of love. I want to see AEW succeed. And I want to see, like they said, the best part about that would have been is that you turn around and you go, oh, the people in the WBD who are based out of LA would have opened up the papers and said, hey, that's one of our properties. They got a whole page. Huh? Look at this. I don't like wrestling. I don't even watch fucking wrestling. But hey, <laughs> that's good news for us, right? Mm-hmm. Those are the people you're trying to impress. I know it sounds weird, 
But I promise you, those are the people you're trying to impress. Oh, good Lord. Tony, we got to get better, baby. We got to get better. Hire, hire good PR people. <laughs> hire good media people. That's what we need to get on. Well, we've, I digress. I said we we're trying to trim it, and we have trimmed for the most part, but I got a little wild on, on, on some of that, but that's okay. I think it needed to be said, and it needed to be put out in the world. But with that being said, we got to move on to our final break. And if you are watching on Twitch, you're going to see the information for the Three Vendors Podcast. Check it out. That's how you get a hold of me. It's always good stuff. If you're watching or listening, you're going to hear our good friend shout at the robots. And I'm going to play one of the theme songs from the Ultra Dura Parley Hour podcast. That's called Two Weeks Notice. Make sure you support Shout of the Robots on Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp because they support us and we thank them very, very much. When we come back from the break, it's going to be main event time. We are going to preview AEW X NJPW Forbidden Door. Mm-hmm. We're going to run down the card that's announced. We're going to run down what we think may happen. We're also going to talk about the Brian Danielson situation because that is directly tied in to Forbidden Door. That, all that and more when we come back with the main event of this week's 607-T-W-S. Fans, are you ready? Uh, let's get ready to rumble. That's right, it's time to rumble. It's time for the main event of this week's edition of 607 TWS live on twitch.tv slash 607 podcast or anywhere you get great podcasts. By searching 607-T-W-S. And, of course, the main event, as always, is brought to you by our wonderful and awesome sponsors at Dragon Master Games, located at 1235 Upper Front Street in Binghamton, New York. For all your Magic the Gathering gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web at DragonMasterGames.com. And, of course, if you're in the 607 or passing through the 607, make sure you follow them on Facebook for all events going on in the store and like that page dragon master games maybe thank you and uh we're trying to 
give them more of a shout out these days because they really do everything. The room you see us in every week, as I have explained before, but I will say again, is is literally the 8122 Production Studios, and it's inside of Dragon Master Games. Yep. The, the store is closed, and I still yet have a key to access this place. So I, they, they do awesome stuff. You've probably seen watch parties in the past from here, and we'll have them in the future as well. So thank you, thank you, thank you for all the stuff we do mm-hmm. for us. And we can't thank you enough, so sponsoring the main event is the least we can do. True. With that being said, though, let's dive right in, shall we? Let's do this. And, of course, the main event is going to be focusing on the big event going up down this Sunday, Sunday, Sunday on pay-per-view. It's also going to be featured on uh, BR Live and Fight.TV internationally. (sighs) Fucking Fight.TV internationally. Why can't it be on Fight.TV in America? Yeah. Because BR Live sucks, but that's okay. We'll be coming. We'll be watching probably live from the basement mm-hmm. because we'll just order on regular fucking paper. Yeah, we'll have the watch party like usual. Yes, sir. And of course, we're talking. It's going down this Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I do believe there will be a pre-show. Uh, you'll have to keep your eyes on it because it'll probably be at 7 p.m. or 7:30. I want to say 7 p.m. is the pre-show, but uh, the show it's proper starts at 8 p.m. I know that for a fact. Mm-hmm. Eastern Standard Time that is, and it'll be coming to you from. The United Center and Chicago, Illinois, the home of all elite wrestling, pretty much. Let's be honest. Yeah. It's their home base in operation. And of course, we're talking about AEW slash or X in this case. Mm-hmm. NJPW presents Forbidden Door. It's what we've been waiting for. It's a big one. It's huge. Shall we talk about what is announced for the show? Then we're going to kick into some of the rumors, including what's possibly going down with Brian Danielson and et cetera, et cetera. Shall mm-hmm. we? Yep. So we did get this added this week. People were worried because, of course, New Japan does not have a women's division. So that was led to people to believe that there was going to be no women's matches. But no, AEW has come through. We'll give them credit for this. And the AEW Women's World title will be on the line as your champion, Thunder Rosa, will defend against... Tony Storm. Should be a hell of a match. I think this is going to be a great match. Uh, who do you got winning? Oh, and still. Man, for some reason, I'm thinking and new. So I'm going to go and new. I want and still. Yeah. But I'm going to go and new. Tony Storm's going to take the belt, I think. But I think it's an unfortunately, it's going to be a hot potato situation because. Uh, I, I just fear all signs are going to point back to get into Brit. Sooner than that's, later. That's why I'm saying it's going to get taken off. Yeah. Yeah. Then they they can kill two birds with one stone. You know, hey, we made you champion, Tony. Eh. So what? It was only until the next pay-per-view. Or no, it'll be uh, the show in Minnesota probably. Either way. Yep. Next up. By the way, this, this, this match was made last week. But officially, it is now for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. Your champion. The Billy Goat, the Commonwealth Kingpin, the man himself, Will Osprey, will be defending that title against Orange Cassidy. And I, for one, was a little shocked by this match. I'm kind of a little disappointed. It's going to play into when we talk about Danielson later, so I'm going to leave that part of it alone. Uh, And I'm not saying that I'm upset about Orange Cassidy. I'm a big Orange Cassidy fan. Mm -hmm. I just was hoping that Will Osprey was going to get somebody a little bigger. Yeah, And on top of that, I was hoping Orange Cassidy was going to get somebody completely different, which we'll talk about later. And now that certain things look like they might line up in a different way, I think we missed that other opportunity. Well, Like I said, I know I'm being cryptic. We'll talk about it later. Let's talk about the match at hand, though. IWGP, United States Heavyweight title on the line. Osprey versus Cassidy. First question, is Osprey going to have the belt by then? 
No, yeah, he'll have the belt by then. Because rock hard. Juice Robinson still hasn't gotten him the belt. I wouldn't doubt we see Juice this week on um, Dynamite. Ah, maybe he gets the belt back there. Yeah, there'll be some kind of Bullet Club thing going down. So I think that's where Will goes and gets the belt back from him. And this one, surprised. That's the only way I can describe it. Like, I did not have Orange Cassidy facing Will Ospreay. Was that on your bingo board? No, definitely not. So, I'm sure this match will be entertaining. I talked about this a little bit on Blocks Count Anywhere, but this is going to be on still all day. I'm also with the and still Will Ospreay's walking out still champion. Next up, six-man tag team match that literally <laughs> was put together out of fucking nowhere. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry. This was one of the most cobbled up things I've ever seen in my life. I apologize that I, I just, I don't know. So on one side, we got the Jericho Appreciation Society, represented by Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara, or as they're also known, Lay Sex Gods. Yeah. And they are going to be teaming with the leader of Suzuki Goon, Minoru Suzuki. We all like Minoru Suzuki here. Mm. And they are going to take on the team of Wheeler Yuta, Shuda Yumino, who is the son of Red Shoes, mm. and the king, the king dog himself, Eddie Kingston. Yeah. Thoughts? Yeah. Um, I think the young boys in the match, or the guy who's still on excursion and working off being a young boy, to take the pin. Yeah. I mean, that's what's going to happen here, so I'm kind of like, meh. I just didn't get the build to this. Yeah, it was just it was a big old cluster interrupting Tanahashi and Mox. And then I and I was ha- and, and then it looked like it was going to be adding Jericho to the the world title match. I'm like, well, please don't. Yeah. But then they jumped him. We got to see El Desperado. That was a, a key, but he's not coming back this week. Lance Archer is because it's already been announced for Dynamite. Lance Archer and Chris Jericho versus Tanahashi and Mox. Reasons. Uh, I just I just don't I don't get it. But anyways, uh, I'm gonna say. Jericho, Guevara, and Suzuki are going to win. That's why the young boys in the match, so I'm going with that team. Mm-hmm. Next up, we got our, our dream came true. A little added value, but our dream came true. Because we are now as official, the ROH World Tag Team title and the IWGP World Tag Team titles will be on the line. Winner takes all, triple threat tag team match, your Ring of Honor World Tag Team champions, the best tag team in the world, FTR, Cash Wheeler, and Dax Harwood. We'll be defending against the United Empire team of Great O'Conn and Jeff Cobb, and we'll be re- uh, who are also the IWGP World Tag Team Champions, mm-hmm. and they will be joined by Ropongi Vice, Rocky Romero, and Trent Beretta for the third team. One of these teams is going to walk out both the Ring of Honor and IWGP World Tag Team Champions, and I'm going to say that team's FTR. It's FTR all day. No question in my mind about this one. The only question that you can have is now that the Good Brothers are the Impact Champions, is there a possibility that they work themselves, this becomes a four-man, and the Impact titles are also on the line? I would imagine so, and I still would take FTR. FTR with all the gold. That's what I would bet. Yeah. But I'm just saying, so keep your eyes posted. I think that could actually happen. I think that's why they moved the belts off the Briscoes on Slammiversary. I think you possibly are correct, sir. Yeah. So there you go. You heard it here first. We're both anticipating the impact titles to be added to this fray. Yeah, I think it's. I think I think Scott Demore knows that's best for business. Oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, hell, you let Kenny Omega be world champion outside of his company for how many months? Hey, listen, if AEW ain't going to give FTR the tag titles, everybody else might. Mm. Yeah, everybody else is either, either everybody else is wrong. 
or Tony isn't the Booker of the Year. Yeah. Because the fact of the matter is the, the number one contenders for the AW tag titles who have not had a fucking shot in forever, mm-hmm. and somehow we moved the belts back to the Bucks because... Reasons. Although that is another thing they could do. They could add the Bucks to this match, and that could be the other belt on the line, which would be smart as well. Yeah, but then the Bucks would win. Or the Good Brothers take out Rapongi Vice, and then we have... Oh, that'd be good, too. The Bucks better not win. If if with Let's put it this way. FTR or fucking Riot. Yes. Next week, I will talk all this shit if FTR does not win all the belts in this match. No matter how many of them there are on the line. Mm. There's no reason that the hottest tag team in the world doesn't walk out with these belts. It's good for New Japan. It's good for fucking uh, ROH. It's good for Impact if that belt ends up being involved. It's good for AEW if that belt ends up being involved. It's fuck. It's good for every company. If if, if the Saskatoon tag team champions want to come down and throw them on the belt line too, throw them in there. Hell, get the Game Changer Wrestling Tag Champs in there. Bussy in there. Give them belts. Belt collect the shit out of them. Give them all the stars. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because there's no tag team talked about more than FTR right now. I would love to hear somebody debate that shit. No, it's it's got to be them or, or bust. Like, that's the only way you can do this match. I agree. Next up, we have the AEW All-Atlantic title four-way match. Pac versus Miro versus Malachi Black because there's no way Penta can win because... He can't be in the match. Hashtag save you click. So I don't know why they're still putting that off. They should have just done the match since we already know what the fucking ending is going to be. And then the winner of the New Japan portion, one of them is one of four people is going to walk out your very first AEW All-Atlantic title. I'm not really big on this, but uh, I'm going to say, in my opinion, I'm Malachi Blacker bust because he's the, the commodity, if you will. But I have this real sneaking suspicion it's going to be fucking Miro. Well, I th- they're doing Penta and, and Malachi Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. So I do believe so. So it's gonna be Malachi all day. I'm gonna I'm gonna say they're gonna do the right thing here and give them the belt. I hope. I hope so. Well, you have to do something with the House of Black because all they've been doing is doing the triple threats against or six man tags against Death Triangle. If you really want to get this faction going, you have to give them a belt and see what they can do with it. Absolutely. Last last but certainly not least for the announced card. The ones we know of so far. There's going to be more added. We know that. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But for the announced card, and it will be the main event. We've already been told that. For the interim AEW World Heavyweight Championship, New Japan's ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi, goes one-on-one with John Moxley for the belt. I think this is going to be a fine match. Both of these guys are legends. Let's be honest. I bet you these two could have a great match with each other in each other's sleep. Sure. So I, I have no qualms about this match. Now, last week, I'm not going to dive in the weeds again. Last week, I pitched an idea for Tanahashi to win. If people, Although it would violate the fact that uh, the interim belt was made because somebody couldn't be on TV. Mm-hmm. And Tanahashi will be gone for five weeks. Yeah. However, if you can be patient there, there's a payoff. So, this going to boil down to what AEW wants to do with patience. I can make it. Ex- I can make reasons for Tanahashi to win, which would be really cool, especially if you can drag it out to Wrestle Kingdom. And if Punk is ready to go by Wrestle Kingdom, Wrestle Kingdom could have one night headline by the AEW World Title, which mm-hmm. would be great for them in Japan. Am I wrong? That'd be huge, especially with the beloved figure that Tanahashi is. Mm-hmm. Or we could just go back to Moxley, which I'm fine with Mox being champ. I mean, obviously he's the Game Changer Wrestling World Champion, yeah. so I'm fine. I'm gonna say. I'm going to take the gamble. 
I'm going to say that Tony Khan is hoping that Punk is ready for Wrestle Kingdom, and he says, fuck it, and gives Tanahashi the belt. I'm going to say Mox, and I'm going to say they're going to turn the Blackpool Combat Club heel. And I think that we're going to have Punk making the run through the faction to get the chase, to get back to the belt, and then win it. I mean, I'm all right with that, too. Yeah, but that's how I see that going. But, but I, I, yours is better? Right, right. Once again, I think you're probably right, but I want to continue to go my guns and say, fuck it. Yeah. They don't care. The fans are... And if you're an AEW fan, mm-hmm. like I am, do not talk shit if Tanahashi wins and is gone for five weeks. Yeah. I don't want to hear it. Because that means that AEW probably knows more than we do and is probably hoping, like I just said, that Punk will be ready for Wrestle Kingdom, and that would be a huge deal. Plus, the ace will come back Mm. after G1 Climax is done, and then we'll get some real cool matches at All Out, at uh, Full Gear, right? Full Gear's next, yep. So All Out, Full Gear. He'll probably be back. He should be back right in time unless he makes it to the finals, which I don't think he will. He should be back by the time of that quake by the lake. Yeah. If not, pretty close. So either way, you still have the two big pay-per-views. You still have a TNT special in there and then a couple other of the the specials on Dynamite. Mm -hmm. I think that that would be perfectly fine. And then, you know what? If your real goal, if if Tony Khan and AEW's real goal is to grow the brand, especially in Japan, which is part of the reason to do Forbidden Door, right? Mm Mm-hmm. How big is it to have one of your biggest title matches of the year? And if Punk can't make it back, you always send somebody else over. Yeah. But I'm saying Punk, it's got to be close. He's got to be close to coming back around January 4th or 5th. No, that would make perfect sense to do it there. But I just, I don't think Tony's going to do that because I think Tony's going to say the chase against uh, Moxley and Danielson and Yuta will be bigger in his mind. Like, that's my opinion. But that's fine. Once again, I'm not saying I'm against it. If booked well, it should be really good either way. I'm just saying I think that if you're going for what we're going for, that could be a big thing. Mm. Plus, also, got to remember, if this is to grow Japan in a way. Yeah, why not do it? Tanahashi's going to be carrying that belt throughout G1. So he'll be very focalized in G1. It's a yeah. big event. And there's even some U.S. shows for the G1 Climax this year, just like there has been in a couple years past. Well, for the first time, you know, since COVID. So mm. it's good news. All right, let's talk about... Uh, first, let's talk about the guaranteed match. The IWGP World Heavyweight title will be on the line, and Switchblade Jay White will be defending it. Now, he came out and uh, from behind, attacked Hangman Adam Page on mm. Dynamite last week, cut a great promo, said, yeah, you stupid cowboy. You you made the you made a mistake. You're lying. Okada's not even going to be at Forbidden Door. Yeah. Yo, so you made a mistake. So, well, I'll tell you this. I, I don't need to face you. You're a loser. You lost the AW title. Why would you get a shot at my belt? And also, Switchblade, 2-0 against Hangman. Don't need you. Mm-hmm. Prior to this, Adam Cole had said, hey, keep it in the Elite Bullet Club. Too sweet. Me and Jay White. Jay White stands up. though. That was, that was earlier, but Jay White stands up after dressing Adam Page. Looks at Adam Cole and goes, yeah, Adam Cole. You're not going to get the shot either because you haven't earned it. Who? Nobody cares. Yeah. But I have somebody in mind, and uh, you'll all find out who that is and walked away. So my speculation, and this is pure speculation and opinion from me, is that we were wrong and Nasprey was never getting Omega mm-hmm. and that there is a possibility 
that if the cleaner Kenny Omega is ready to go, we are going to see Kenny Omega versus Switch J- Blade J White for the IWGP World Heavyweight Title. Yeah, and I think that they bought themselves an extra week to make that happen, possibly because once again, we we as fans don't know where Omega is mm-hmm. as far as his recovery. He has kind of teased a little bit that he's possibly ready, and then there's the reports that AEW put out. And there's some other people around them that he wasn't going to be ready anytime soon. Mm. But of course they would do that to throw your scent off. Yeah. Which is smart, by the way. If that's the case in AEW, good on you guys. That was pretty good. So we don't really know. And once again, he might still not be ready. The last that we kind of heard from Omega reading between the lines was that he was holding on hope that he could wrestle at Forbidden Door. And that it would be almost a game time decision. But he wouldn't leave them hanging till night of. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that Jay White has got Kenny Omega in mind. I'm assuming that if on Wednesday Kenny Omega is ready to wrestle, we are going to see the cleaner Kenny Omega versus Jay White at Forbidden Door. Mm -hmm. However, if he's not there, my money is on a triple threat match. Fully agree. Between Paige, Cole, and Switchblade for the belt. That's the only way they were going to do this. I mean, the fact that when Jay White said, I'm not going to face you, Cole, I'm not going to face you, Paige, it's all waiting on Kenny Omega right now. Because I don't think that there's a bigger name that they could bring in from AEW's roster to face him. And they're not going to do Danielson. I don't think that that would make no, any sense. No, he's already penciled in what we're going to talk right. about in a minute because that, that does need to come up in a minute here. But Right, but the, there's nobody else. So, I mean, either you're going to do the triple threat or you're going to do... I mean, you could do Danielson technically. In theory, sure. But in theory, but for the longest time, we've had him penciled in. I mean, they've they did work of setting up who he was supposed to face, which yeah. we'll talk about in a second. But they could switch. Mm-hmm. But I'm really thinking that they are waiting on Omega as the game time decision. Yeah, there's no other name because Punk's out. We know he's not coming back. Yeah, he's not going to be ready in time. So who else? Who else is a big enough name? MJF, you could argue. But right now, yeah, you're not gonna do right that. now, you've got that storyline or whatever they got going on. Yeah. I'm and I'm assuming it's a storyline. Don't get me wrong, I'm not a mark about things, but I'm still kind of weird that they're not taking advantage of any of it. But you still have that. Right. There's you know, so I guess he would be a big enough star. But I don't think they're gonna do it. Mm-hmm. And you're right, who else? There's nobody else that's on that level that you can put in there for the IWGP world title. Mm-hmm. Unless you pick somebody from New Japan. Yeah, unless you get Okada. Unless you swerve, which could happen. They could swerve Okada, and Okada could be like, oh, yeah, I'm wrestling at Forbidden Door against you. Mm-hmm. I'm getting my rematch in Chicago, which a crowd would mark for if, if uh, oh, Okada comes out. So Jay, Jay White could think he's going to get the handpick and try to handpick like Chase Owens or somebody that's going to lay down for him. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, no, 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 no. You have the president of New Japan come out and go, no, 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 and point, and then you have... The uh, money drop and oh, yeah, the crowd goes, oh my God, it's Okada. So Okada is a possibility as well. Mm-hmm. I think Okada, Omega is the possibility. And if the, if Okada is really not going to wrestle at Forbidden Door and, and Omega is not ready, I think it's a triple threat match. I think that's the only way you can do it. I agree. It's kind of weird that both Cole and Paige would miss Forbidden Door, mm-hmm. but no, I'm not surprised either. And that doesn't mean they won't will miss it because there's still some teams and stuff that hasn't happened. Yeah. Right? You never know. They could tag together against a Bullet Club team mm-hmm. just because they're pissed off that he can't get the shot. You know? Uh, so let's talk about the the elephant in the room is Brian Danielson, of course. Long time been penciled in against ZSJ, Zack Sabre Jr. Mm-hmm. 
when we mentioned, by the way, when we mentioned earlier about Orange Cassidy, Orange Cassidy, we were at New York Comic Con when Orange Cassidy with broke character for the only time he broke character all day because they asked who would who who's your guys' dream opponents who do you guys want to face if you could face anybody in wrestling mm-hmm. and literally the words were barely out of Shivani's mouth when orange broke character because he had been in the normal you know yeah. character all day and said I want Zack Saber Jr. give me Zack Saber Jr. and so here we are forbidden door mm-hmm we could have had Orange versus Zack Sabre Jr. Instead, we're getting Orange versus Will Ospreay. So obviously, AEW and the power in New Japan, the powers to be, are confident enough in the star power of of uh, Orange Cassidy to have him in there against the IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion, former IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So obviously, they're they're they, they have that faith in them. So why wouldn't they have faith to have him against ZSJ? So the only argument is, is that that is the plan was Danielson ZSJ, which is a great match. It's like one of it's a dream match. Oh, absolutely. Two best technical wrestlers on the planet uh, without Jonathan Gresham in the match. And then, you know, it's been pumped up by Kingston has been pumped up by other people. So I'm assuming that that was the plan. But now we're hearing that Brian Danielson is going to appear on Dynamite. Part of the press release. They sent it out, by the way. They, they they leaked a little earlier, but the press release came out on time. You're mm. doing good, doing a good job today, media guys. I'm just gonna give them thumbs up. I got to give them the kudos. So it did come out that Brian Danielson will be appearing on Dynamite to talk about Forbidden Door and Blood and Guts. His future with Forbidden Door and Blood and Guts, which Blood and Guts is the the week the Dynamite after, right? So the Wednesday after the Sunday. But the weird part about this is that wording makes me worry that he's not going to be a part of either. Correct. Because why wouldn't it just be he's coming out to talk about Forbidden Door? Now, now to be fair, they could swerve us. He could come out and say, oh, I'm not 100%. I'm not going to be able to wrestle. And ZSJ comes out and kind of gullies him into the fight, which would be a cool work. Sure. But I seriously fear with everything that's gone on in wrestling and all the bad breaks for every company, WWE and AEW, as far as the two major ones. Mm-hmm. Look how many people have gone down. You've got Norton down. We've got Cody down. You got Jesus, you know, and then you go to AEW. You got Punk down, the champion. Yeah, crown him. Like whether we were were huge fans of it or not, doesn't matter. He's still a big deal. It's a crowning moment, and he goes right down. And Danielson goes down. And Omega's out already. Like it's it's it, the injury bug is killing wrestling right now, mm-hmm. man. What are you thinking? What do you what is what is your percentage? Because I'm going to be honest with you. Normally, I'd be like, you know what? Maybe they're going to do some really cool, fun work. Get everybody like, oh, he's not going to make it. Maybe have fucking uh, Jericho Appreciation Society come down, try to take him out. Have ZSJ make the save, just so ZSJ can go. No, 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 no. I came out to save you because your ass is getting in the ring at Forbidden Door. I would think that would be something cool, maybe. Mm-hmm. But then again, it would go against this Suzuki Goon matchup. Yeah. But Zack Sabre Jr. kind of rattles through his own beat, even though he's a member of Suzuki Goon. Him and Taka, as long as Taka comes out to talk shit, I'm all good. Taka, Taka likes to talk shit. Um, I'm just, I've been friends, by the way, I've been friends with Taka Michinoku on Facebook for like a decade. Yeah. I got my 10 year anniversary with him and he sent me a, a, a thumbs, thumbs up, up. And, and a Japanese congratulations or whatever. I don't know. It's fucking great. I love him. You're great, Taka. Uh, if you're listening to this, brother. 
Um, anyways, uh, yeah. I don't know. I put it at 45%. I, I know what I'm so pessimistic right now with all the injuries. I'm going to say there's a 20% chance that he'll wrestle, mm. 80% chance that he's going to announce that he's fucking out for a few months, <sighs> or at least for these two events. Yeah, I was going to say for maybe these two events at least, depending yeah, on how bad. And I wish I wasn't that pessimistic, but fuck, man, lately we've just been getting killed with these injuries. Mm. So I'm expecting the worst here. I don't like the way they worded it. No. I do not. The last time they put out a thing, the word, and once again, that's why it would be a great work. The last time they put out somebody who was going to talk about their future was punk. Yeah. So maybe they're like, okay, let's get them all worried and then we'll bait and switch. I'm fucking hoping. There's, listen, I might have said 80 20, but I am hoping. Yeah. <laughs> I am praying to the wrestling gods that Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, whatever the fuck you want to call him, the American Dragon, mm. will be wrestling at Forbidden Door and to a lesser extent, blood and guts. Yeah. If he doesn't wrestle a blunt and guts, I'm not offended by it. But fucking Forbidden Door. Let me get let me get let me get Brian Dance that Brian Forbidden Door. Please, please be a work. If not, I just fear it, man. It's not sitting well. Yeah, I, I can definitely understand that. All right. Do you want to make any speculation on any other matches you think might get made before Sunday, Sunday, Sunday? Uh if we do get Omega and Jay White. I think that you might see maybe the Undisputed Elite versus Adam Page and two other stars from New Japan. I think you'll get like a you'll get a, you'll get another six man tag. I don't I just I don't know happen. who I just don't know who because it all depends on how they want to line it up. And True. I'm hoping uh, Torianu and Danhausen. That would be fun. Yeah. Although, ironically enough, you could end up with some really weird shit because remember, Hangman Page also a member of Bullet Club. Yeah. So what if you do the mystery style and then he's just partners with two members of Bullet Club? Ooh. The Good Brothers or somebody else? That'd be maybe fun. not even the Good Brothers. Maybe fucking like Kenta and uh, Bad Luck Fale or Juice Robinson or... Phantasma. Phantasma would be fucking great. I'd, I'd mark like yeah. a little girl for that. I'm just saying, technically, he's a member of Bullet Club. And remember, when you're Bullet Club, you're Bullet Club for life. That would be impressive. That's why I would hope something like that. That's that's what I'm kind of. I would think that would reinvigorate the career of Hangman Page if he's the link to the Bullet Club for fucking AEW. AEW, because right now, especially after the title, he's got a little lost in translation. So how cool would that be? That would be a cool story going forward because I'm the Bullet Club representative here. Mm-hmm. You know, and Jay White. You know, it's all it was all a ruse from Jay White. Yeah, Hangman Page and Jay White set up fucking Adam Cole. Because <laughs> remember, Adam Cole was convinced that his friend Jay White was going to give him the title shot. Yeah. And then uh, he jumped Adam Page. And it looked like, oh, whatever. And then it's like, ha, ha, ha. It wasn't real. He pulled it. With, they've done it before. He pulled the wool over your eyes. Yeah, I mean. Think that... about it. Bullet Club, whenever they have somebody join, usually it gets beat up by them. Mm. And then it turns out, oh, wait a minute. We, 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 we got you. Yeah. So it would be kind of cool to do that way. And whoever, two, two teams with them. And then you got to be like, where are the Young Bucks, you know, where do they line up? Mm. If you were going to do something really cool, you'd have the Young Bucks turn on Adam Cole. Yeah. And go Bullet Club for life. That would be something, too. I mean, that's, what, that's the only... You wanted to... And it writes itself, because you could be like, you wanted to be Undisputed Elite. We, we, we're we Bullet Club. Yeah. We're the Bullet Club Elite. That's how it's always been. Too sweet it. Yep. 
Although I'm sure the two sweets will get fucking sued as quick as shit by WWE at that point. Oh, I'm just going to throw that out there. They better come up with the one sweet or whatever again because uh, <laughs> I am pretty sure WWE will be like, yeah, not today, bro. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that's I think that's got it. I think that you got to get Cole and Page a match in there somewhere if you can. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see where we go. You know, you could always get end up with ZSJ versus Cole. You could, but I, I don't think they're going to do that. I still wish they would have waited off because I would love to see Orange versus ZSJ, and yeah. you could have easily put Cole against Osprey or Page against Osprey. Page against Osprey would have been a better match. I'm just saying. I, I just wanted to really see. Uh, um. Orange get the match he wanted. Mm. That was ZSJ. He said it. We were there for it. So, but either way, I think it's I think Forbidden Door for wrestling fans who are already fans of all elite wrestling and already fans of New Japan wrestling is going to be a fucking success for us. Mm -hmm. So win win. I'm excited for it. I'm I'm excited for it all day. I think it's going to be a great fucking show. I think it's going to be hard for this show not to be good. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wish certain things happen, but I think it's going to be awful hard because there's a lot of these matches that the other way could happen on them, and I'm like, I'm good with that. Yeah. The only match I'm really hoping goes FTR's way is FTR's match. Other than that, every other match, as you heard, I Box or Tanahashi can win, and I'm all right with it. As long as the match is good, I think they could have a match in their sleep. Yeah. I, I don't even care who's challenging Jay White for the title. I know it's going to be a good match. You know, I, I think that they're the only match that I'm really not looking forward to, like, honestly, is the six-man. Yeah. Outside of that, I think I'm looking forward to every other match on this card, including Orange versus Osprey. I, it's not my first pick, but I think they're going to deliver. They're definitely going to deliver. I mean, that's the thing about it is they've really loaded up this card as best they can right now. Uh, a couple of things they'll just obviously add between now and Rampage. But overall, it's definitely an exciting card to go check out. Yeah. If you were on the fence before, if you've never seen New Japan before and you're a fan of AEW, you're in for a treat, make sure you get this pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. I understand there's a lot of people out there that talk to us because we get a lot of people to talk to us. And I we love everybody Absolutely. from across the board. And I know some people aren't sold on this show, and I get it. I do. I get mm-hmm. it. The, the, the build for this show has not been what I think is the most stellar. But as a wrestling fan on paper is winning me over. Yes. With that being said, I can understand why if there's some people out there on the fence, all I'm going to say is this. If you tend to like pro wrestling, the, the sport of pro wrestling, the actual in-ring work, mm-hmm. reconsider if you were on the fence and buy it. Yeah. Because I think you will not be disappointed with what's going to happen inside the four sides. If you are more on that story-wise or like you're, you're more into like certain things, and, and even if you're an AEW fan there and you're on the fence... Then I, you, I'm not saying to pass it because I really would like everybody to see it, but I get it. Mm-hmm. I understand. I really fucking do. I, I really understand completely. So I'm not going to judge anybody for not, but I would say, hey, man, try to get some other wrestling fans together, split the cost, and enjoy. Because I really do think this is in ring is going to be one of the better shows that we've seen from a major company in the United States in a long time. Uh, that's the nicest thing I can probably say for AEW. Uh, mostly because I'm a new Japan mark, so I'm a being a little more friendly. But on paper, this is looking all right. Like I said, the six-man is the only thing on paper, but everybody needs a piss match. Sure. Although you're still going to get something out of that match because you're going to get Suzuki versus Kingston again. Mm-hmm. So they're going to beat the piss out of each other. So at least there's There's that. that. I mean, there's always a bright side. Yeah. It'll be worth the while to check out if you're able to. Exactly. But, yeah, absolutely, guys. If you have the opportunity, but once again, if you are on the fence, don't think that makes you a shittier fan. 
I get it. Fifty dollars is a lot of money spent. Oh, absolutely. We wouldn't get it if we didn't have a watch party. Yeah, we have a watch party, so we're you know we're throwing money and getting pizza, and when it's all said and done, ten twenty bucks a piece is gonna fucking cover that you know everything we're gonna do. That's what we normally do, and thankfully we're blessed to do that. So mm-hmm. I understand anybody who's not blessed to do that because fifty dollars is a hard pill to swallow, oh, absolutely. man. Absolutely hard pill to swallow. I know. We, that's what we fight with at UFC events now at eighty dollars. Mm-hmm. So I get it. I once again. On a card like this, I can understand why the $50 would be charged, but I really think Tony and company should reconsider and try to bring it to more between that $30 to $40 mark for AEW pay-per-views in the future. I understand it takes a little bit of a hit, mm-hmm. but I think more people would tune in at $30, $35, 40 tops. Yeah. And it's only taking $10, $15 off, and you're going to probably increase your audience by a lot. That's just my opinion. But with that being said, we're excited for Forbidden Door next week. Whether you've seen it or not, you don't have to worry. You don't have to wait. We will be here live. Yes, we will. Live to talk about that and so much more next week on the show. But before we go, before we say goodbye to all our company and before Mickey Mouse sues the shit out of me. Yeah. Ken M, tell them how to find the ODPH one more time. Very simple. Swing on over to ODPHpodcast.com. Join the conversation on social media blogs, Public, the directory, the classifieds, if anything and anything that is the ODPH. It can be found at odphpodcast.com. 8122productions.com. Find it all there. Patreon link, Public link, links to the shows, links to how to find them, links to friends of the show like the ODPH, like our friends at Sci-Fi Horror Fest. Make sure you visit them up. It's coming around the corner August 26th and 27th. Vernon, New York, Vernon Downs Casino, Sci-Fi Horror Fest.com. Shout outs to them. We'll be there. Uh, also, uh, yeah, friends just musical guests around there so much more just 8122productions.com if you want to hit us up on social medias make sure you're following for live tweets and so on and so forth uh three fat nerds pod throwing at in front of it if you have to simplest way to find us mm-hmm. simplest fucking way it's been a great week okay now yes i was excited we had a great trip to new york city i was tired coming back but it was worth it then we get to watch some great wrestling this week hopefully leading into forbidden door and we have off for GCW until the 30th. Yes. I love GCW, but if I had to weasel in the GCW shows and, because it would have been a West Coast run in that case, and oh. Forbidden Door, I'd been like, fuck. Yeah. That would have been a lot. It's 11 p.m. nights. So that means I'd have to watch it during the day before. Uh, so I'm glad that there was a week off. With that being said, though, we're excited. Cannot wait. But... Next week, we will be back where we review Forbidden Door in its entirety. We talk all the wrestling news and also we'll be previewing at some point in juncture the GCW weekend or technically it's three shows, but you know what we're saying. Mm -hmm. Coming into the 4th of July weekend. But we must bid you all adieu and a too sweet. Getting it in there. Ladies and gentlemen, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And most importantly... Later, wrestling fans! If you take my hand We could order Chinese food Get high and then watch New Japan Rainmaker, my heart so damn hard I can't
Top ropes, one, two. 